fake news, everyone. Fake news. All right. In the dominion of equilibrium, my now inoffensive centrist democracy, one of the issues at hand is fake news, everyone. Fake news. Well, what does that mean? Well, journalistic pieces filled with falsehoods have been popping up all over the internet, especially on social media. That's right. All right, the issue at hand here. Welcome, Umit. The issue at hand here is journalistic pieces filled with falsehoods have been popping up all over the internet. Let's see here. Yeah, I'm gonna, why not, right? We can figure this one out. All right, let's see. Journalistic pieces filled with falsehoods have been popping up all over the internet. So here's what I'm going to do. So you take a look at that, Umit. You can speak anytime, and then I'm going to go ahead and put up the, the different debates. So if you're interested in going over with me, there are three different people debating, all from the nation of Equilibrium. And these are some serious issues. I mean, think about, you know, we, you were just on another room, and uh, they were really, we were talking about, uh, about fake news a little bit. Now it gets here. So let, let me go into the comment section here. I'm going to put the first. So the first of the the debates is raging now. So let's take a look at it. What does it say here? All right. It says, "Lousy so-called journalism!" exclaims the highly intelligent but often forgetful Yolanda Farnsworth, an aging journalist. Fake news is a blasted scourge and an insult to real reporters everywhere. Whatever happened to the good old days when the media reported the truth and nothing but the truth? No lies, no political bias, and no freedom to spread incorrect opinions. Of course, it might not reach today's hip young audience, but we can't let subjective thoughts ruin the press, ban these fake news sites, and arrest these ridiculous conspiracy theorists. All right. This is so funny how uh, this lines up a lot with what we were just now talking about, Umi, in the other room. Uh, uh, fake news, conspiracy theories, right? You know, so, 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 it's so interesting how uh, coincidences happen like that. Okay, so that's the first, the first person in the debate. So you can look at that. I put it in the comments there in the live chat. Lousy so-called journalism. That's the first one. Um, and who is that? It's Yolanda Farnsworth, an aging journalist. All right, so we got Yolanda Farnsworth. Uh, let's look at the second issue. I'm going to put it up here in a second. Let me uh, let me get it from Unique Librium's Nation States dossier here. Uh, what I got across my desk in the office. You don't know who I am, guys. I'm the leader of Unique Librium. I am Mordecai. Currently at my office overseeing the traffic on a very hot 101 degree summer day all right here's the next one i'm putting it in the live chat right now all right all right citizens here we go the next person in the debate says i'm from equilibrium and that's why i deserve my free speech rages alexander jonas of the controversial show my info struggle people should be able to say whatever they want the truth is, I'm a hard-hitting, fact-seeking freedom lover. The government has no right to declare that my journalism is any less valid than the hacks you see on television. People deserve opinions from people that aren't a part of the bureaucratic elite, from independent sources that they can trust. 
You should be cutting taxes for shows like mine because the government needs critics to stop corruption dead in. Wait, Roger, do you mean to say dead in its tracks? To stop corruption. Oh, yes, dead in its tracks. That's what it is. To stop corruption dead in its tracks. So I didn't copy it fully how it's supposed to say. So, yes, uh, supposed to stop corruption dead in its tracks. Can I edit that? No, it doesn't matter. It's okay. We, it, it, it's two words, right? So we get get what it is. We're not that confused, right? Dead in its tracks. All right. And now we have one more, one more person chiming in on the debate about fake news in equilibrium, and especially on the on the internet and social media. I don't know why. Why isn't that kind of redundant to say uh, on the internet and social media? What other kind of is there? Is there? Maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know a lot of stuff. Is is there considered to be any kind of offline social media? I don't even know if that makes any sense. Right? What what would that be with the movies? Go, going to the movies would that be uh, offline social media? All right. So in the chat here in the live chat, I'm going to put this last uh, debate, and here we go. And it says, <clears throat> no matter what you decide, someone is going to be unhappy notes trevor oliver of the weekly moan a news satire program allowing fake news spreads ignorance and fear but clamping down on it harms freedom of speech you'll note that before each of my shows there is a disclaimer stating that this isn't real news and shouldn't be taken seriously couldn't you simply force the fake news sites to openly state that they're fake sure the government would be able to decide which sites should and shouldn't be coupled with a warning but the people wouldn't be easily tricked anymore. All right, so they say. All right, so these are the, these are the. This is the debate and the issue at hand. So once again, fake news, everyone. Journalistic pieces filled with falsehoods have been popping up all over the internet recently, especially on social media. All right, I'm going to see how I'm going to handle this. Uh, so I got um, number one, oh, and I just remembered the way I was going to do this again. The next time I'm going to number these. So number one, uh, Yolanda Farnsworth says that um, fake news is a blasted scourge and an insult to real reporters everywhere. And she wants us to ban the fake news sites and arrest what she calls ridiculous conspiracy theorists. Number two on the issue says, I'm from Unique Librium. It's uh, Alexander Jonas of the controversial show My Info Struggle. He wants people to have hard-paying news. He said that you should be cutting taxes for shows like his because the government needs critics to stop corruption dead in its tracks. And the third person here says, no matter what you decide, someone's going to be unhappy. Trevor Oliver says he's of the Weekly Moen. It's a new satire program. And he basically says that, you know, the government, you know, would be able to decide which sites should and should be coupled with a warning, but that the... That, that they should have a warning, that fake news sites should have a warning saying that they are fake news so that people can decide, could know and not be tricked anymore and that the government, he knows, will decide whether or not sites get labeled as fake news or not. All right. Well, <clears throat> we'll meet if you're not going to chime in here and uh, give me your opinion. I'm going to start to decide on one of these. So let's see. And I don't know what's going to happen in my nation here. Let's see. What should I decide? Because this is going to change legislation and then it's going to change certain things about my nation um, right now, while I while I think about this, let's see what that means. What what's going on with my nation? Okay, what are these two notices? Let me take a side note because I need to think about. You know, you can't just make a decision uh, very hasty. Oh, okay, the notices are just telling me I got two new issues: fake news, everyone, and put your foot on. Okay. Uh, what else? Let's see. What's the main going on? 
in my nation. Um, but hey, Umit, how's it going, man? Hey, man. Yo. I was checking out the, the name of Yolanda Farnsworth, and I can't find anything about this person. So, does this person exist? She, maybe she's fake. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so welcome. Uh, welcome, yeah, uh, Umit. So, this whole thing is fake. <laughs> it's all fake. This is, okay. So. Yeah, so this, so this <laughs> nation's, yeah, so, but, but, they, but they, of course, they're using um, real debates. Um, mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if you noticed from the last one, uh, the guy's name was Trevor Oliver, so it's like making fun of, uh, of uh, 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 Noah. Um, Noah Oliver. Wait, is it Trevor? You Noah, mean James Trevor Oliver? Yeah, one of those guys who do those te those new satire shows. So this is yeah, like basically, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. the issues are are real. Welcome, Jonathan, to the room. Fake news, everyone. Jonathan, if you Jonathan, if you'd like to keep uh, catch up on what's going on, you can see the title here is "Fake News, Everyone." And what we're talking about is journalistic pieces filled with falsehoods have been popping up all over the internet recently, especially on social media. This is part of NationStates.net. They have an ongoing for like 20 years, uh, a role-playing game uh, where you can build a nation. And you can decide legislation and take care of your people, or you can oppress them. It's all up to you. You can do whatever you like. I'm trying to, trying to have a very strong and powerful nation that has a good military and, um, and has a lot of money and also has a great environment. Those are some of the most important things to me. I also don't want anything. I don't, want, I don't, I don't really care about religion, but I don't want to make, like, give people too much religious freedom because then cults like Scientology and stuff like and Heaven's Gate will pop up. But I'm also not going to oppress them because I don't want to end up like how, you know, some places like China are or whatever, just as examples, just something. I, those both, by the way, I have very personal experience with the Church of Scientology and I lived in China for almost five years. So um, so let's see. You, and in, in, in the chat, uh, um, in the chats here, you'll see what are the different debates and who's saying the different things in the debates here. So now we can make a decision based off of uh, what these people are saying. So I got to choose one of them or I could dismiss this issue altogether. Um, but right now I'm going to take a look and see what I should decide. So uh, do you have any input on that? Looking at uh, the different things in the, in the chat there, Umit or even Jonathan or Charlie, anybody who's a chime in, um, you can uh, let me know what you think but I'm gonna make a decision because uh, I want to move on from this issue and go on to another one because this this is fun as I, I want to see what, oops I just muted myself see what's gonna progress with my nation go ahead I have to switch my mind because this is okay I just checked out the nation states on it so this is some kind of like D&D &D game or something so you can uh, create your own world with, uh, yeah, with with some kind of system that you would like to implement Am I right? Yep. You basically, yeah. You basically create your own nation, and you get to plug in all different kinds of very specific um, customizations. Like, for example, if I go to my nation, Uniquilibrium, I plugged in pretty much almost everything that's there. So I plugged in the nation of Uniquilibrium is the name. Um, I get to name the capital, and I named it what what my Chinese name was, which was just a um, a cognate of my one of my death metal stage names, which is Mordecai. So the capital is mm -hmm. called Mordecai, and I'm the leader called Mordecai. And our yeah. faith, our religion is mathematics. 
Um, the currency is, numer is numerology, and our animal is called the capoeira. Now, these are all things I'm familiar with. Capoeira, for example, is a martial art that I created based on capoeira. Um, I love mathematics. That's why it's my religion there, and so on and so forth. So it's very personalizable. And then the issues that you, that you encounter are created by other people who are role-playing on nation-states and have been doing for 20 years. And there's up to 1,500 issues now. So you have plenty of stuff to go through that are based on real-world issues. And they do have real consequences in your nation. Um, and they go along pretty closely with what would happen if you did make that decision in a nation. You know, of course, it's artificial intelligence and it has an algorithm and it decides and chooses. And then when the results pop up in your nation, it's pretty comical, some of the things. But you get to look at it and you actually really get to steer, for the most part, the direction of your nation based on the decisions that you make regarding these different issues that you get. And I thought that this call-in platform is a really cool one because imagine if a bunch of other people... Uh, who have oh there's Jonathan is calling in so if, imagine if other a lot of other people were able to um, build one and then you know and chime in on this it would be really amazing hello Jonathan welcome to Uniquilibrium Sword Paper so the most important decision you make is about where your money comes from where it goes and there's two uh, edges to that sword you got monetary policy and fiscal policy. It's essentially bank created money, government created money. From the fiscal side, you have money creation and money destruction. So how who who gets their money destroyed and why is basically the thing that we never talk about because our two parties in the US have total consensus on it. Uh, and they also have total consensus on where it comes from on the monetary side. The only things they quibble over are like the little fiscal spending things like, oh, one will say they want to do Medicare for all or something. They don't actually do it, of course. It's, they'll like give lip service to it. But when you're destroying dollars, which is paying taxes, that's what you're really doing is destroying dollars. Like who's, whose money are you destroying and why? And basically it has to do with a concept called the velocity of money. And I can make an analogy to like a the, the voltage. The velocity of money. Yeah, Google yeah. it, man. It's so okay, so no, but you know what? Uh, I'm I'm somewhat educated, Jonathan. So when you just mentioned about electricity, I understand the idea of because electrons need electromotive force in the form of voltage. So voltage is like the velocity of money. Almost. Right. Amp amperage, like so, if you got a, a lawn sprinkler, the amperage yep. is the faucet that's connected to the house. Right. How much money is going in? And then there's your sprinkler, and then like, the pressure with which it's coming out of the sprinkler, that's your voltage. Voltage, and then yeah. You, you, you imagine grabbing the hose on the back side of it and squeezing it so there's no other weight place to go. It has to come out of the sprinkler, and that's yes. how you can increase the voltage, with, uh, the pressure, without turning the faucet up, or increase the voltage without adding amperage by adding resistance. Gotcha. Right. right, so you're not actually adding any more electrons through amperes. Yeah, you're so just... now we went from water to electrons, but what about money? Right, right. So right. you can you can crank up the the faucet, and that's what uh, like quantitative easing was. That's what the right. facility does. Coupon rate does. It's the federal like there's all four weapons that the Fed has. Hey, Jonathan. Just that. Jonathan, there's a little bit of like static feedback on here, and hold on, I, I don't know if it's me. I'm gonna unplug. I'm gonna unplug and plug my headphones real quick. Uh, better. yeah, that sounds better. Yeah. Okay. What was that? It's mine. Okay. It's gotcha. just the port, the connection. Place. <laughs> okay. okay. But basically, 
if you want, you don't, we punish people when they deploy their wealth productively. And we, not only do we not punish them when they hoard it, we reward them for hoarding it. Okay, so this is interesting because this is something I've struggled with all my life because it's actually obvious in all the things that I do. Um, that you said people are punished for like their wealth, for, they're for, turning their wealth into capital, and that's and a pretty punished for that. And that's a pretty specific thing that people are being punished for deploying their wealth productively. Yeah, the, the difference between wealth and capital is the distinction that the neoliberal does not make. When, like, for example, if you say, "Oh, we need a wealth tax," and they'll respond, "Oh, that will result in capital flight." What two things did I completely fail to make even the smallest distinction between wealth and capital? But say yeah. I have a farm. Sure. Say I, inherit, say I inherit a farm. Okay. That's wealth. That's my wealth. But is it capital? It's not capital unless – so for it to be capital, farm can't just be a noun. It has to be a verb. I have to be farming. And that farm has to be producing horses or wheat or goat milk or fucking anything, right? Literally anything that's a good for sale or a service. But when I then compete for – compete being the key term here. When I compete for customers, I'm lowering the price of those goods and services. And presumably I need help. And that way I will compete for labor, which raises wages. Those are both good things. But if the value of that farm is just the rents I can extract from it and the appreciation of the land and my ability to do this infinite loop of collateralize, speculate, refinance, collateralize, speculate, like rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. That's I'm, I'm my wealth is not capital. I'm inflating asset prices, not decreasing prices, increasing prices, especially asset prices. That's low now, velocity money. It doesn't change hands. It doesn't yeah. make anything. Let's so. look at Char Jonathan. Let's take a look at that um, as far and a specific example. And then I'm going to look at my legislation here at these issues that I have. But you have some pretty interesting points. And I want to ask you something about something that's very near and dear to me is uh, some what you're talking about. Do you know anything about what happened with a lot of the bookstores like for example um, let me just give you an example of what I saw in general as in, in a big picture you know from a hold on for a second that is a very that's a very noisy Porsche all right but um so here's the thing okay go ahead you, you wanted to say another piece before I asked you this question yeah? well the bookstores were killed by a distribution network that has monopolized the, the fact of distribution itself on the back of what asset appreciation just like land because the billionaire, <clears throat> the people who were made rich by Amazon and Netflix and Peloton were not because the company made profits. Profits are real capitalism. No, the company recorded zero profits, but the people made money who were just leveraging their ownership, the fact of ownership. But now you know, what's it, you know what I find fascinating? I, I heard that and I acknowledge you, uh, and I, I am cutting you off. But you know what I find fascinating about that is um, – <clears throat> Borders Bookstore is I used to work there for a little while and I loved going there all the time. That's even how I got the job. And then there's, of course, Barnes and Noble and a few other ones that you could say were big. But what I find interesting is that when they started coming out, because I've always been a bookie and I've always been going to not bookie, a, a bookworm. <laughs> bookie's different, right? I've always been a bookworm. And um, and so I used to go to all those smaller bookstores when Barnes and Nobles and and later uh um, I'm sorry, when Borders and later Barnes and Nobles came out, they squashed. I noticed a lot of the smaller book, booksellers were being crushed and they closed. And then 
you know what else happened? Exactly. I th- that's that's crazy, right? Uh, it's the only a- outcome is monopoly. Yeah. Because that's why that board game is called that. Because it's the only outcome. The end of competition. Well, is but, but a lot of people of don't competition. Right. People. A lot of people don't realize that that uh, capitalism and in general is very much like you could look at it like the movie Highlander. There can be only one. Yeah, and it's not like you get a silver medal and you go home. Like if you don't win, you die. And right. So it's, it's destined to eat itself. And Marx was right about that much. But this is already, it's already dead. People who are anti-capitalistic are just really attached to having a villain. But it's is a feudal, sure. feudal society where rents and asset appreciation are the value of the thing, not the, the profit from the productions. You got some, you got some knowledge, man. This is really, I'm, I'm, I'm glad for this discourse. Let's look, let's take, turn this back to uh, this issue in this nation. And Jonathan, I would love to have you come back and help me decide on some of this stuff here. Remember, we're talking about right, fake so news, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. These people are talking. Yeah. These people are talking about either um, either arrest them and not let them, uh, you know, make them an example. Uh, So number one, she's like, uh, yeah, ban these fake news sites and arrest these ridiculous conspiracy theorists. That's one person's decision. The other one is saying give more uh, tax breaks to shows like a guy basically like Alex Jones um, so that the government's needs critics to stop corruption dead in its tracks. That's what he thinks will happen if, if you give his kind of people more tax money, tax breaks. And then another person, last one, uh, Trevor Oliver, who runs a, the Weekly Moan show, says that uh, everybody should be labeled, sort of like how the debate about labeling genetically modified food. So he says that if it's fake news, everybody should label it. And that he knows that the government will step in and decide who's going to be labeled or not. But And that, that's funny because that also is an, analogous to the whole... Uh, uh, genetically modified organism labeling de- debacle. So, I don't know. Let's see. I don't know where I would go here. But what would you, what would any of you other guys do if anybody else wants to chime in? Um, I don't know, man. Arrest. Well, I can segue like, it backwards yeah. into what I was yeah. already talking about. Of course, that's, that that's what I love. The people get vulnerable to the fake news, and the only reason their people are buying into these esoteric identities based on perpetual lies is because of manufactured scarcity and their need for a villain, villain on which to blame their own lack of upward mobility. So, if you eliminate the root cause of the problem, which is a lack of whoa, 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 mobility, Jonathan, hold on. You said something very important there because, you know, this is. I mean, I think that you're a little bit uh, uh, too balanced for everybody's uh, uh, needs here. Back up. You just said that that people who maybe who are, who are kind of I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but are struggling are looking for a villain to blame for their own inability to. Why to are fix- poor, the poorest people the most racist? Because they need an outgroup to blame for their lack of success. Like that's just that's just how people are. And so if you manufacture scarcity, which we absolutely do because you need to be able to sell things to people and you need them to need things in order to be able to sell it to them. Well, that's like that's like with the yeah, you're right. You can extract the maximum value out of them that way. That's what the uh, have you ever heard of the zeitgeist movement? That's what they're attempting to uh, rail against, supposedly, is they want to make it so that. There's not all this fake scarcity. They're one of their biggest things that they talk about, I met Peter Joseph and Lee Camp and some other people when I performed one year at one of their events called the, the Fourth Annual Zeitgeist Media Festival. And one of the biggest things that they talk about is um, basically changing the way that, first of all, that democracy is, is, uh, is processed 
in that there's a lot, there's too much money from special interest groups, and everybody already knows that that's a major topic. That's not a secret. It's actually kind of like uh, pop, pop uh, politics. Um, another thing uh, that they espouse is uh, that that everybody could have a um, a minimum working wage, and that the main thing, and this is not just from them, but from a lot of sources, say that that there's no such thing as food scarcity. It's not a food scarcity problem. It's a food distribution problem. And yes. so the scarcity, yeah. So the scarcity is actually manufactured in agreement, in accordance with what you said. Because the, the, the okay, back to the, the the lawn sprinkler. Like, so there's two effects taxes can have. One of them is like squeezing it on the backside and increasing the pressure, and the other one is like putting your fingers over the holes in the sprinkler itself to keep it from coming out. And that's manufacturing scarcity. And that's what you do when you have regressive taxes, when you tax high-velocity money. You decrease the pressure, the voltage, the money velocity. And when you tax transactions, because that's what the velocity of money is, it's how easily and how often money changes hands, then that's what you're doing. So if you eliminate all of them and replace them all with a tax that is progressive, not in the sense that it's tiered, but in its very nature, which is the tax on aggregated wealth, then you will have exactly that effect. Speaking of taxes, what do you think would be, for example, a guy like this Alexander Jonas, who has a show, My Info Struggle, and he says that that things need to be, he needs to be given tax breaks for shows like his because the government needs critics to stop corruption dead in their tracks. If, do you think giving tax that's breaks called, to people... That's called a Pigovian tax, and that's not okay. really systemic. That's more of an endemic thing. Okay. Because you're targeting a very hyper-specific problem. Gotcha. Like doing a tax on cigarettes or something. It's like that, and I'm not against that per se, but it's yeah. not going to address the underlying systemic issue. What will address the underlying systemic issue is you end all taxes on transactions. Oh, okay. So, great. This is, a good, this is a good uh, a learning point here. So what is that kind of taxation called like they do with the cigarettes, Pigovian? Yeah, there's a French person named Charles Pigot or somebody. Okay. I don't know. I don't, who remembers these French names? But <laughs> the, yeah, he wrote a book. I forgot what it's called, but that's his sort of idea it's a sort of a targeted disincentive or incentive okay. or disincentive really yeah whatever carbon tax that whatever but uh, putting those on the back burner for a second now the, the, what taxes are taxes on transactions taxes on sales that's a transaction Fight, yeah that's a transaction income that's a transaction now eliminate now all does. of them and do just do land at the state level and wealth at the national level and that's it that's all you need, two things, and that will squeeze those pools of hoarded wealth, disincentivizing the hoarding thereof, so you don't have the Chinese multinationals buying up huge swaths of California just to sit on it and watch the numbers go up. Yeah, I've It'll seen that personally. something to hold that, and it's going to be less attractive to them. So more land is for sale, land prices go down, the vehicle for upward mobility comes more available. And people will have to use it to pay for its holding, which when if you do tax just the land and not the building, which is what we do now, we tax the property, the, the building itself. Don't do that. You're punishing them for building. That's stupid. Just the dirt, not the building, right? And okay. then that's the state level just because of a 
practical concerns about how you can't flee sure. your, your state holdings can't flee the state it's literally the dirt and then at the national level you can do whatever else you want that's basically only aggregated wealth not, so, not inherited so is that why they tax the land and not the, and no longer the, the the property that's built on it itself some people do that taiwan does that singapore does that Alaska sort of does it. They tax the people who are oil drilling and redistributing. Because, you know, um, a long time ago, there's a guy named Robert Kiyosaki who wrote this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he talks yeah. about that his uh, his rich dad was his friend, best friend Mike's dad, who uh, in the book, he, as he says, eventually bought most of the land that's under the hotels. That's yeah, because in, he's not stupid. He knows right. where the value is. The value right. is in the dirt. The building depreciates, but the dirt only ever goes up. There are yeah. very niche scenarios where that's not true in Detroit, okay. where it's massive flight because of some big industrial shift. But or, that's the and, exception. And, not the and what about the industrial shift? And what about things like the site, sites that are on the national priorities list for like the Environmental Protection Agency because they have all kinds of, you know, they've been determined to be sites that are contaminated with hazardous materials. Um, those are also, uh, would be sites that may not appreciate in value, yes or no, or maybe after the... Yeah, but nobody's trying to use them for housing or production anyway, so they're sort of like, that's sort of a, a different issue. Well, I mean, but some of them, but some of them were, were being used for businesses before, they, or, and some of them might have been uh, residences that were adjacent to a site that then became contaminated. And there are projects like with the EPA, for example, that have restoration projects that they could then try to refurbish and clean up everything and then give it back to the community well, if they can. Well, the solutions from there come from the money creation, which is fiscal spending. What I've been talking about is money destruction, which is taxes. So that's, uh, yeah, it's, they're both fiscal policy, but it's sort of a different bag. Like, okay. How should we create money? When and where it deserves it? That's a much more complicated issue than what I'm talking about. When and where we should destroy it, because that's what really happens when you pay okay. taxes. There's no coffer. There's no vault. This is yeah. a fiat environment. It literally okay. ceases to exist. Well, Jonathan, you've talked me out of uh, going with um, Alexander Jonas of the controversial show My Info Struggle, who says that they should get tax breaks so that you can stop government corruption in its tracks. So I'm not going to go there. The I have tax that they're paying that yeah. should be given breaks. The breaks yeah. should be given not to them but to everybody because it's almost okay. certainly a tax on income. Sure. Which is uh, not good. You think about what universal basic income people like. They're like, okay. but, but it's the libertarians who are don't tax my income. But the logic of that, like the logic of giving you money and not taking it from you, it's the same fucking thing, you know? <laughs> like, well, right. I don't get the disconnect there. It's like, oh, these leftists want to give people money and the right's like, but don't take it from me in the first place. It's like you're saying right. the same thing. Same thing. If, if you zoom out and soften your gaze, you're saying right. the same thing. Yeah, but who gets it taken from them and how? It's the people okay. who, the top five percent of people of wealth, wealthy people, make their money renting out that which they own. They don't. I'm own really the goddamn thing. I'm really glad that you came in and cha and changed the course of this. You you've turned this from this is exactly what I like because this nation states has these issues that are real, right? Fake news, everybody, and Take just how out of the sales of fake news because they become irrelevant because nobody needs them anymore. They're not latching on to esoteric conspiratorial narratives just to find an identity that they don't hate because they're not dying of scarcity. All right, so this is Yolanda Farnsworth. She says that we should arrest them. 
and uh, and ban the fake news sites. That's pretty slippery extreme. Slope. What do you think about that? That's a so it, it is a slippery slope down that deciding is. who can say what and when. It always comes down harder on <laughs> whose idea it is in the first place. Okay, now this is also the same issue with the with the last person, uh, Trevor Oliver, who says, um, couldn't you simply force the fake news sites to openly state that they're fake? Sure, the government would be able to decide which sites should and shouldn't be coupled with a warning, yeah, but the people wouldn't be easily tricked anymore. So those two, one is more forcible because I'd, I'd be ordering the arrest of people. Screen, it's propaganda. If you're looking right. at it on a screen, it is propaganda. Cambridge Analytica, even when it's the truth, it's still a lie. How hmm. the truth use the truth to tell lies is what simulacra means. It's what ideology yeah. means. They'll take an issue that's 1% of the problem for, a, let's say, let's say Joe Biden's cursory remarks on drilling. Yeah. That's 1% of why the gas price has gone up. It's tell me, gonna, Jonathan, what is simulacra again? The ability to use the truth to tell lies? Yeah, it's an, it's an element of it. Like it's the, the book is called Simulacra and Simulation. Is it simulacra or is it simulation and simulacra? Whatever, whatever order they're in. Because the, the isn't that the book in the the movie The Matrix? There's a little bit of a feature of it, yeah, right? They, ref, they reference it. They but reference a much, it. But a much yeah. better movie to illustrate his point isn't The Matrix. The Matrix more is more like Plato's Cave. Yeah. The, in, the end of Inception drives the point home because you never know the difference. One of my favorite movies. Because yeah, of that, because the of, top, yeah. you never, you don't get it's to the see it fall. top. You don't get to see it fall. You see, you see it stumble. So everything you see yeah. could be a lie, and you never exactly really know for sure, right? Right. So exactly, they take that five percent of the problem, and they make people believe it's ninety-nine percent of the problem because they make sure that you see it first and most often. And all so right, now Jonathan. You get all these thirty-year-old, you know, middle of the country people talking about whatever they tell you to talk about. All right, John, so, you've become. My top advisor here. We're gonna have to make. We're gonna have to pull the trigger on this. Just so, do we? Do we label the fake news? Do we give tax breaks to uh, radical news org, independent news organizations, or do I arrest and ban? Uh, none of think? those things. <laughs> so, should I dismiss this issue altogether? It's a symptomatic issue. It's just strike the root of the problem, which is manufactured scarcity, and it will all evaporate. Okay, so give me because there might be some issues coming up that I might be able to to act on that might make changes here in this area. What 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 thing do you think in in this manufactured scarcity? What kind of issues could be addressed that might get to the root of that? Replacing all taxes with wealth tax, and uh, so explain green, explain green that one explain that one more time. Explain replace all taxes with a wealth tax. You said. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Every year you pay Every a year. very low. It's really you could do a ridiculously low uh, nominal percentage that yeah. on people that and you could start at ten million dollars. People who only have ten million dollars and more, you tax them three percent, five percent, and burn because remember that's what you're doing more money than you could with all the other taxation. The only reason that we tax every little tiny micro transaction that ever exists. It's an autonomy thing. It's a hegemony thing. They need you to need dollars because there's nothing behind them. They have to make you need them. They're not good for good and gold, right? Why do we mm. need dollars? Because it's the only form of payment they accept as their tax liability. And they'll throw right. you in a jail if you don't go make money and give it to them. It's how they – what they're selling is your back when they sell a bond. Umit, do you have anything to say about this? Uh, that's fine. interesting because there's also somebody who talks about being mined for our energetic gold. Go ahead, Umit. What do you got to say? Being mined for your energetic gold, absolutely the case. Yeah. Okay. 
uh, Omi. Right. Hey, Blatty. Hey, man, Blatty. I think I'm in way over my head because uh, I just got stuck <laughs> on, uh, on uh, Ohm's law and 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 transferring that on, into economics uh, when Jonathan just just started talking about these things. Yeah, um, Ohm's law. Yes, yes. When you talk talking about elect- electronics and electricity, yeah. Yeah, and then, so, then they, I got they, to they say Kirk trickle Huff's down, law. which makes you picture a shower head or rain, which is perfect yeah. for what they believe because they think because gravity is what it's a universal immutable background force that you can always rely on to pull things from one direction to another. That's how mm-hmm. they think wealth works. They think all wealth is capital, and if you just put enough of it in one spot, it'll pull itself down. But that's there's no evidence for that. Voltage is a better analogy because it's always about manipulating either the amperage or the resistance. And fiscal and monetary policies create for manipulating the amperage, and taxes are manipulating the resistance. Lost you, Jonathan. Hey, bloody. Hello. Hey, man. How's everyone doing? Well, Sorry, I have you in my uh, USB. Let me take that off. Hey, hey, hold on for a second. Uh, Jonathan, I'm sorry. I didn't think that cut uh, me changing. I tried to invite you to speak, but it cut you off um, when I made Blatty the next caller. So sorry about that. I wanted to continue to hear what you said. I did invite you to speak. So if you want to do that, accept that invitation. Welcome, Blatty. Um, uh, Blatty, I'm good. Jonathan here. Hey, sorry, hey, Jonathan. Hey, do you remember, Blatty, you helped me last night uh, with the other issue. Um and uh, Jonathan has made it <laughs> really clear that he doesn't think I should act on any of these. Um, yeah, so, Blatty, go ahead, man. Um, you know what? The thing with the fake news, you know, this has been the, from the longest, like, forever. And uh, people people think that this, this fake news thing is recent just because Trump called it out or Alex Jones. But this is we, we've been fooled for the longest, dude. I'll be honest. Let me tell you how I know quickly it's the fake news. I, I look at a lot in, on YouTube at international U- news services like Euronews, France 24, and they claim like all last year for the longest, in the beginning of this year, that they were against disinformation and misinformation. Yet I know that they've caught on to the bullshit from our news media like CNN, Reuters, and, and Associated Press. Yet they don't clean up the message. They just convey it in Spanish because I listen to Spanish and a little bit of French, even though my French is not the best. But uh, a lot, of, a lot in Spanish and in English, and it's the same repetition of the of the bullshit. So they tell us that they're going to do something about it, but at the end of the day, they end up doing exactly like the minister of propaganda, Joseph Goebbels from the Nazi Party, the same bullshit. And since and they, and they take advantage of it, you know why? Because well, Obama why? signed. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> No, why? Why do they take advantage of it? Because, because they take adva- because they could get away with it, especially here in America. After the uh, after Obama signed that, I forgot what HR number it was. It became a bill that allowed for propagandization here in the United States. That's why these bastards have gone hardcore in giving us misinformation as much as they can. Why do you think they don't cover true issues? They cover only what they want, and they've become basically a circus act, worse than before. I don't know if you notice that sometimes in the morning show, sometimes the 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 uh, where it's called the program, good the good news or or a good view or the view, you know, I even you know, that's another disinformation of leftist feminist bitches. Uh, you have a bunch of all these programs, especially in Spanish and English, and it's it's today with so and so, you know. 
good morning with so-and-so. And even in Fox, which is owned by the Murdoch, they're already made to ta- tailor-made for the pub- public to, to hear what they want to hear. Not what you know, they... Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, you know, um, some time ago in 2004, um, a roommate of mine, Kevin, he's still a really good friend of mine, he introduced me to... He showed me... He, he's a, he's a historian... Uh, um, He's got a degree in film history, and it's just because it's something he loves. He's not one of those people who decided to get it because he thought he was going to make money off of it. He really loves film and cinema and analyzing documentaries. And he showed me one called The Corporation. And um, one very interesting story in The Corporation was this woman named Jane Acri and another guy who were hired by Fox News to do a segment called the um, – uh, gosh, it was called the – Man, it was like an expose show. I forget what it's called right now. It'll come to me later. But anyway, they were doing an expose on Monsanto um, when they started to report on the uh, recombinant bovine growth hormone and the other stuff that was in the food. Um, they were told that it's not uh, after they were fired and they pulled whistleblower status to uh, you know to get the money because they won money um, after whistleblower status after they were fired because they went back and forth between Fox's lawyers and a bunch of other people. And eventually, um, they won a settlement. It was like $64,000 or $464,000 each. Don't, don't uh, quote my numbers on that. I'm not sure exactly which it is. But the point that does remain is that they were fought, had their money taken away from them. And it was because it was found that there was a legal loophole that said it's not illegal for the news to lie to viewers. So I don't think Obama was the first person to, to put that in there because that was way before Obama in 2004. It, it, there was already a thing where it was, it was already legal for the news to lie to viewers. It was not illegal for them to do that. So what do you think about that, for example? Gladdy, if you have any thoughts or anybody, Jonathan, on that at all. Yeah, it, it's been going on. I know uh, it's been going on, bro, for the longest. It's nothing new. It's come in different stages. But I think uh, the man that influenced, the only great philosopher who hates the right, but he is an ultra-conservative, Dr. Michael Savage, also known as Michael Weiner, but but his pen name is Michael Savage, and he he's the one that Steve Bannon used the books to influence Trump, and the Trump policy is is based on on the Savage Nation. If you know about Michael Savage, then you'll know and understand where Trump is going with, and he bases it on 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 borders, language, and culture. He's very Americanized, non-racist, nothing like that. Even though the leftists try try to paint him as a racist, which has nothing to do with that. But he's just very direct. Um, vulgar to a certain extent, direct, bombastic, almost like Trump, and, and very frank, and he'll tell you. But he said it very clear. Beware the media-government complex. Beware the media-government complex. And that's what we're seeing right now. And isn't that the first time? It's just worse. When they attack Trump so much, beware the media-government complex. Controlled by the left, by the big corporate media. Uh, go ahead. Okay, no, I'm just saying, so these are the issues that I have at hand. I don't know if you looked at the chat and the, and the different solutions that these three people put forward to me, like how you helped me with last night. All three of them want to do away with fake news, but one of them wants to arrest people and ban the fake news. Another one wants to give tax breaks to people like, um, like Mike Adams and uh, Alex Jones and stuff like that. And then another one wants to, uh, um, to, to make people label their... Uh, whether they're fake news or not, and, and but of course there could be corruption because the government would 
would decide who gets the label. So I don't know. And but I could also I could choose one of those uh, those options, or I could dismiss the issue altogether. Jonathan was all for dismissing the issue because he believes that it it's all basically going to end up in sort of a similar way because it's not getting towards the cause of the problem or the root of the problem. It's just uh, kind of putting a band. Well, on. well, the the the, the root the, the the solution to this will ultimately be, and I'm going to sound like Hitler, a, a final solution to the news media. If they're so in bed, and I say it, if they're so in bed with, uh, unfortunately, with the corporate America and the government, then they're the enemy. They are the well, enemy. They're the no longer the purveyor of truth. Go ahead. Body, you're starting to scare me because you're the one that helped encourage me to burn down that entire church with those people and trap them inside and blame it on an extremist group last night. No, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, we're coming to a time, unfortunately. I, I, I don't deny. I don't deny what I told you. We're coming to a time, unfortunately, where a lot of weakness is seen, and the only way to do away with it is guillotine time. Exactly Damn. like the French Revolution. Guillotine the time. Mainstream media is becoming less relevant by the day, and but most of the same work is being done by algorithms. It's basically using Twitter and Facebook and or Instagram. Or that's that, that's why I don't believe in funding. Don't believe in what? Oh, he, we lost him. Lost him. Well, the, the, most of the work is being done. Like I'm, I use, I keep bringing up Cambridge Analytica, but just because it's the biggest, easiest example of people who push true things, nominally true things, to the top of your feed so that you blow them out of proportion. But now, fake news as a systemic issue is itself fake news. It's just another distraction. Like it doesn't matter what you think or say about. Max, masks or vaccines or transsexuals in sports or confederate statues or any of that crap the fact that you're talking about it spending your cathartic energy on it is very much the point you think about what they tell you to think about when they tell you to think about it when they need you to think about that something else and all these issues go in cycles right wow i was a subscriber to uh a Reddit group called Bad Cop No Donut since like 2009. And I knew that there was a George Floyd every other fucking day. Bad Cop No Why Donut. Why that one? Yeah. So that happens every other day. And it's happened every other day for 15 years. And there were websites that followed it. But why then? Why that one? Because they needed it to happen. Because they knew they had a sort of election cycle that could be manipulated by it. They wanted to... Do, drive a wedge between people by driving a wedge between the races. And that's the easiest thing to do in the world. That's why Jim Crow existed. Because when white and black people barbecue together and play baseball together, the cost of labor goes up because they can unionize and they can't have that. So they got to drive a wedge between people by having them live separately and having them blame things on each other. And that's what I've been thinking about the last couple of years, and let's say about 20 years again. So uh, that exactly dividing people into certain groups uh, distracts them from the real problems that we have. Dividing wait a minute, wait a minute, guys. Are you telling me that there really is not so much of a race or ethnic or national struggle as much as there is a... A control one? They try to control. overblows <laughs> the issue, so because it's so easy to do, all you got to do is make people turn on each other, and you get the poor white people to blame the black people for everything, and you get the black people to blame the poor white people for everything, which is very easy because they're poor, and therefore they are the most racist because they're most in need of an outgroup to blame 
for their lack of upward mobility. You, you know, what's, what's very interesting and kind of sad about that, and I may go off on a little tangent about this, but there's a marketing guy that I study because, you know, I've been, you know, uh, I've been working on my own businesses for many, many, over 20 years now, you know, up and down with that. But there's a marketing guy that I followed named, named uh, Dan Kennedy, and he talks about exactly that. He says, look, man, if you're trying to build a tribe, he's like, you have to marginalize people sometimes, and you have to divide them, and you have to make a stance. You have to stand for a certain position because he's like, look, you either stand with Fox or CNN. He's like, once you take a position, he's like, you, you instantly get funneled a group of people who agree with you that will be, you know, loyal customers to you. I mean, this guy, you guys should look up Dan Kennedy. I mean, he is a master uh, manipulator, if you will. Yeah. You need an enemy to be against in order to craft an identity. Like the house, like the house nigger versus the field nigger. You know, yeah, you're just driving a wedge between people, and it, it, it's a exactly, exactly. Why, why did all the commandments it, it, start with "Thou shalt not"? Thou shalt not <laughs> this. Thou shalt not that. They're all negatives. Right, 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 right. right. They tell you what to do. They tell you what not to do. What to be against. Which, which Jonathan? What's what interesting? Do. Yeah. What's interesting about that? My back, one, my background. Part of it is in. I have a degree in clinical hypnosis, and that's one of the things that we're taught in NLP, NLP not to be mistaken with the artificial intelligence of natural language processing, but neuro-linguistic programming, which is just simply a sub-branch of hypnosis. It's not really anything special. Um, but it tells us um, that we do not, uh, should not uh, say things in a negative because your brain doesn't really hear that. If you Anybody say... who trains dogs yeah. can tell you that you incentivize the behavior you want that works yes. ten times better than disincentivizing the behavior you don't want. Exactly. And if you're going out and you're trying to play the trumpet in a performance, you think, I'm going to nail it, I'm going to nail it, I'm going to nail it. Yes. But if, you, if you're up there on the stage in the back one thing and don't fuck up, don't fuck up, don't fuck up, right. you're going to fuck up because the fuck words up. fuck up are in the phrase, don't fuck up. Yes, um, and the human mind doesn't acknowledge negative things like that. All they hear, like if you say, "Don't eat too much," your brain just hears "eat too much." The don't doesn't matter. Eat too much is what matters. So that don't list of things that popularized because of their divisiveness, like the people who uh, give campaign donations to pro-lifers, they don't sit around gazing at their navel, wondering whether or not a zygote is a human being. They're just trying to move the conversation away from their wallet. And how you do that is you find something divisive and you platform it and you push it up to the top of everybody's feed. And abortion is divisive and trans issues are divisive. The, the, the divisiveness, the, how you drive a wedge between people, is why what is popular is popular, including fake news. That's why fake news is fake news, even if it's true. It, the reason it's being told to whom it's told when it's being told is to distract you. If, if I could add, I just did a contract job at a particular company not long ago. I don't want to say the name. It's one of the big networks. And I did, we did a monitor changes along with the computers. And we talked to, in one of the programs uh, called Access, I'm just going to say it like that. And uh, we, we talked to the people, why is it that uh, Mario almost got fired? And the guy said, because they had some conservatives working there, he goes, you have to understand, it's controlled by the left and our bosses are leftists. And if they say something that makes the company look bad, 
I don't care how long Mario's been here, if he's an actor or he's a good co-host, he's gone by tomorrow. Just because he spoke out against transgenderism. That's how powerful they are. Now, Mario, I won't say his last name, Mario is a great actor. He used to come out in a, a teenage series back in the 80s, 90s. Saved by the, I'll just leave it like that, saved by the, and what ended up happening, he, he happened to make a, he ha exactly, thank you. He happened to make a comment regarding transgender because he has kids, right? And he wasn't for it. He's conservative, actually. If you know Mario, he's conservative. But he wouldn't dare talk about it until somebody actually got him on camera. And the following day, he got all the vitriolic attacks, the backlash from his own company. His own company told him, you either apologize. Customers are. Exactly. So if, if you don't apologize, they told him, you're out. You're out of the street. Now, he could leave. He's a millionaire, right? By now, he's a millionaire. He doesn't need to be there. But still, he's, he has a wife and he has, he's raising kids and he's in his early 40s. So why is he going to mess it up? So he, he, he bit the bullet and uh, swallowed his pride and continued. And he didn't touch the subject anymore. He apologized and moved forward. That's how powerful they are. When you're in Hollywood, when you're in newscasting, and you're working somewhere in between the lines that you're yeah, you're, you're, you're an actor. You, you, you made your name. You earned your marks. Okay? You got your kudos. But if they don't want you anymore right now, the way even the left throws the left under the bus, and they're heartless about it, they did it to, Green, to, to Glenn Greenwald, right? Over at, uh, was it The Guardian? So, you know, they did it to Juan Garcia, I think that was his name. Uh, and he came over to Fox. But the guy's a, le a big-time leftist. He, he doesn't get, really get along other than he needs, he needs a wage. And he, he's famous, right? He's famous. So so what do they do? A lot of times, so they'll get fired. Uh, Travis, uh, the one that was called Travis uh, Daly, I, think, I forgot his last name. <coughs> he, he got canned, why? By the Me Too movement. Charlie Rose oh, right, got right. canned by the Me Too movement through the left. About, uh, are, you, are you talking about the guy who did The Daily Show? Yeah. Who are you talking about? Okay. Um, okay. uh, Charlie Rose was was uh, was uh, yeah. was on uh, public broadcasting. He got canned. Bill O'Reilly got. Yeah, you just cut up. Yeah, but Bill O'Reilly did get canned. You got he, cut out for yeah. a second, but yes, Bill O'Reilly got canned. Uh, Travis Smalley, I think that was his name. Travis Smalley also got canned, and he's the one that Larry Elder asked him for proof regarding his. Uh, left-wing inclination and because he attacked him he debated him and he you know 15 years later he hasn't produced anything but too late uh, a couple of years ago maybe two years back uh just before covid or about covid almost three years back he got canned for things that he did by what by the me too movement and the, the me too movement only has strength now they're able to do now, uh, that you know that, that's a that's yeah. that's horrible that's horrible. I feel now, sorry for um, whoever. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, now, now I'm going to have a tendency to keep driving it back to these uh, these issues I have here because I, you know, as my, as 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 awesome as this guy this is, and I love that the fact that you guys are here schooling me. Um, I wonder if you agree with Jonathan on that. I should not, uh, even though all three of these people in the debate coming to me as the leader of this nation, Mordecai, are telling me uh, in different ways that I should stop fake news. Um, they all have different ways of going about it. One says ban and arrest them. Another one says give tax breaks to uh, radical independent news 
political news organizations. Um, and another one says to make uh, to selectively label who is fake news or not for the for the viewers. And what do you think about those things play into the game? It doesn't matter what you think about. Yep. The Me Too movement. If you are so, spending your time and energy thinking about it, you're not talking and thinking about where money comes from and where it goes. Right. You're not bringing coffee to somebody on the picket line. You're not starting your own union. And the oligarch is laughing their fucking asses off while you spend <laughs> your dopamine on this bullshit, including dopamine. making it worse by pissing half of the population off with either choice that you make. So dopamine is the uh, is the ener- is part of the energetic goal that we're being mined for. And me, what do you got Absolutely. to say about, about this? Absolutely, this is a, the, the device in my hand is a dopamine regulation machine. Yes, it exists. dopamine, adrenochrome. Monopolize my eyeball seconds so that I can be marketed too. You know, Jonathan, I learned a lot about uh, dopamine and other related chemicals many years ago when I was studying a friend of mine who was very sick with uh, bipolar one disorder. Um, and I found out so many horrifying things about the pharmaceutical industry, like besides the fact that she was on three medications and one of them was doing the trick and how it made me cry, like for real crying, because when I started looking up these medications and I remember to this day, and this was back in 2007, I remember exactly the names of the medications and the reason why it made me cry, because I was like, this has to be some kind of fucking joke. Sorry, I'm getting real a little bit upset about this, but she was prescribed the medications called Abilify, Boostpar, Boostpar, Boostpyrone, hydrochloride and clozapine and dude if, if, if anybody missed it that's a b c they fucking gave this girl an alphabet of of drugs she didn't even need any of them and she and right now people to this- with gambling problems that uh, can resist it unless they're on these sort of uppers that basically completely destroy your impulse control and then you sit there at the casino pulling that goddamn lever over, over again and you know what's like a casino the device in your hand you used to just try to get at your productive power, but now your consumer power has become far more valuable than that. And how to well, this is a problem. Is how to manipulate dopamine. Well, this is a problem. This is so back earlier what you were talking about, Jonathan, about being punished for uh, spending money productively. For, for, or was it not money? Did you say capital specifically as a term used? If you turn your wealth into capital, you're punished. Wealth, ah, it. yes. Okay, so turning wealth into capital is a form of productive use of money, might right? Say I'm a capitalist in a sense. Yeah. That's sort of not like any other capitalist because there isn't a single one of them that I've met other than myself who makes the distinction I just made. And so that distinction is. Between wealth and capital. Right, between wealth and capital. So just, just to be clear. So every every liberal uh, every, every political economist defines capital a little bit differently, and that's really yeah. annoying. But what's the point of writing a book if you don't disagree a little bit? But the neoliberal sure. makes no distinction. Okay. Um, what do you think? How how does this kind of thing um, be? Obviously, um, the difference between capital and wealth is played out to me at least, very clearly in the pharmaceutical industry and the way that these drugs are prescribed and distributed. I mean, I, I know from personal experience that the, the, the drug profit industry is being marketed to 
directly to the doctors before they even become doctors. Um, like for example, in two, yeah. well, yeah, but it goes even, it goes even deeper from that from what I saw accidentally or by universal design, um, back in 2005 or 2007. So, and I still to this very day get a subscription to a, a periodical called Drug Discovery News. Now, this is a periodical for industry insiders and it tells them about all the goings on in drug discovery. Well, anyway, on the front cover of one of these uh, these periodicals called Drug Discovery News, there was a, a 4.6 or $6.4 billion deal between um, some pharmaceutical company and a company called Thomson Wadsworth. Now, this should be significant to anybody um, for no reason, but it became significant to me because one day one of my clients, her son, was going to school for biological psychology. And she knows that I'm a book collector. As a matter of fact, I have a five foot by 10 foot storage unit in Tarzana, California, filled with books. Um, but she gave me his books because she knew I collected them and I put them in my library. And I, plus, I also love things about psychology and the human mind. And even if it was from institutions and organizations I don't necessarily agree with, I got my hands on this book. And when I looked at the spine of the book, wrapping around the bottom of the spine of the book was this blue field with a golden yellow starburst on it. And that said, Thompson Wadsworth. And this was the same company that, that is on, that is in publishing almost every single one of these biological psychology books that I uh, was looking at. And this is a, a, a publisher that just made a multi-billion dollar deal with pharmaceutical companies. And so it starts right from there, this whole thing and how they get the kickbacks. And plus, every time I would go visit the psychiatrist's office with my friend, there would be on the desk a cup hold, I mean, a pen holder or a card holder or a clipboard or something with some specific pharmaceutical company's drug on it. And that doctor just so happens to think that that's the drug that's going to benefit my friend or the person who's visiting them. For some reason, of all the other drugs that they have access to, it just so happens to be the one that they have a pen, a cup holder, and all these other things uh, available for that they're going to prescribe. So, welcome, no Rudy. How are you doing? The, the drip is like, and they keep you need, in need of their services and medication, which is a good argument for the, why the whole thing should be, maybe not the hospital itself, but the insurance yeah. should be publicized because okay. it's, it, essentially it's just a rent extraction mechanism. It doesn't, insurance is, is basically, even if you say the only thing that the government is good for is writing checks, and maybe that is the only thing the government really even does at the end of the day, somebody always has to do what they pay them to do. Sure. Well, that's all insurance is. It's the beginning and the end of insurance is writing checks. And unlike being a doctor, there's only so good you can be at being an insurance adjuster. right? So there's different ways to do uh, the public-private thing like England, Germany, or Canada. One will have public health care and private insurance. One will have private health care and public insurance. And one will have both be public. I forget which one is which, but I think it's the German one. That's the one where I like because I don't want doctors to be government employees and I don't want teachers to be government employees either, but sort of a separate issue for, for the same reason. But insurance, there should be no such thing as for-profit insurance, especially sure. if it's insurance you're required to have, like your car insurance. You have to have a car yeah. to live and work. Well, I mean, like not every place is required to have car insurance, but yes, go ahead. Like this, you can, I'm okay with the capitalist mode of production for 
bicycles, wristwatches, car stereos, and the phone in my hand, but not for the service. The phone service should be free because it was public infrastructure. We paid for it with our taxes. It's ours, and yet I paid Bill, Bill Great Gates rent for the use. That's quite a thing. fascinating. My, that's quite a fascinating standpoint, and it makes it makes a lot of a viewpoint. I mean, a position, and it makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> um, people would would gladly uh, pay a lot more for the devices and the use of it. Um, if the services itself were free. Now, I got Rudy here, Umid, Jonathan, uh, Blatty left for a couple minutes. Um, so I think that, uh, Rudy, if you don't know, you can look into the um, the live chat section, and there are three responses to an issue that I have here, which is in fake news, everyone, it says, journalistic pieces filled with falsehoods have been popping up all over the Internet recently, especially on social media. And we've got these three uh, uh, solutions by these people here, as you can see in the comments by me, Uniquilibrium, Hakeem, in the chat section. And uh, Jonathan so far is of the position that none of these things should be acted on because they don't get at the root cause of the problem and are only going to feed back on the problem later on. I am at a standstill. I don't know where to go about it. I know that Blatty, he is um, of like just basically eradicating the situation with force, which means he might more likely go with the ban fake news sites and arrest the conspiracy theorists, as he calls them. The other ones don't call for any force. Um, I don't know, man. Sometimes when Blatty starts talking about doing all that, that crazy forceful stuff, it kind of gets me going. It makes me think I should do that to kind of put my foot down. And But this, you know, it's a slippery slope, like Jonathan said. I don't know. I might have to just dismiss this issue and go on another one. So um, that's what I'm going to do. It's been an hour, um, and if anybody wants to take a look at the, the issues at hand, uh, at the beginning here, it says journalistic pieces filled with falsehood have been popping up all over the Internet recently, especially on social media. I've got below Hello Brandy. I've got below uh, different things in the chats there of what people say. Basically, one says arrest and ban. Another one says give tax breaks to radical independent political news organizations, um, and that's going to help stop government corruption. And the other one says to uh, put a label, a warning label on uh, what is deemed to be fake media or fake news. And of course, that would be determined by the government. George so we've got those three things there. Truth. That's what you're doing. <laughs> don't be, be warned against this. Don't, don't react. Okay. It's bait. Don't take the bait. Jonathan. Jonathan is very is very strong on this, and I I'm I'm leaning towards his way. Blatty was almost able to sway me before. Umit, do you have anything to say? Uh, Brandy, you can look at the issues. Rudy, Charlie, anybody, you guys can look at the issues. Yeah. Simulation well. actually says he goes on and on about Disneyland. Right? Like, yeah, you leave Disneyland, and there's this sort of you're like I left the park, and now I'm in Los Angeles. Los Angeles <laughs> yeah. is Disneyland because when you see these is, actors right. going to a restaurant to, to be seen there, they're still acting just like the right. actors in the park. So the line well, I between do the two serves to obfuscate, to confuse the fact that Hollywood especially is Disneyland. Well, you know, I do that. Yeah, I'm, well, then you're actually, yeah, it's like a mask with nothing underneath it. It's like you're because doing it for the sake of doing it. Sure. Hi, Brandy. So yeah, I um, I, well, no, uh, because I'm a I'm a fitness trainer, and um, uh, 
Rudy, just one second, I'm gonna make this point real quick. And one of the things, and I actually got some accolades from the fitness director for this, when we were having one-on-one meetings, he was telling the other trainers, at least that's what he said to me, I don't know if he's just saying it to kind of prop me up and make me feel good, but he said that he's been telling all the other trainers, because usually they have a designated area where they train, and instead I train on the main floor with all my clients, and what that does is it gets people to see me training, and as a matter of fact, it has benefited in the fact where people have come and said, I don't even know this guy, but the way he was training someone and the things that he said... uh, made me want to train with him twice a week for an hour. Now, I know that's slightly different than the Hollywood people going out to just restaurants to be seen and stuff like that, but I, I, but, I mean, that's their job, though. They're supposed to be celebrities. They're supposed to be celebrated people, and so that's what they do. So, Rudy, uh, you're on the line here. What do you have to say for that? Jonathan, I saw you chime back in. Rudy, you got anything to say about these things? Jonathan's or my position here so far, what I've said? <clears throat> yeah, what's up, uh, Hakeem Umet? Always a pleasure. Um, bloody, what's up? Jonathan. Um, yeah, so about fake news, I think the biggest purveyor of fake news and the biggest risk, um, the biggest danger um, regarding face, fake news is the government. I mean, here it's my government. We can argue that, you know, even abroad it's my government. Um, I just do not see how the government, our government, as it is right now, how it can police fake news because it becomes the fake news. Yeah, it becomes the fake policing fake news. It is the fake news. Yeah, I mean it's always been the fake news. Before we had fake news, what's big? What's bigger fake news than the Iraq War? What's bigger fake news than like a lot of the nine eleven? What's big fake news? Afghanistan. Like, there's no news that's impacted the world or the country worse a little, cut, little cutting out there Rudy let's say that Good back coffee. up just like two sentences Rudy back up just two sentences yeah I'll try to do that um, I was saying that there's never been a sort of more dangerous false news um, propagated by these people or Russia, if you want to believe, um, worse than the fake news propagated by the CIA, CNN, MSNBC. Um, if they really cared about fake news, they would release people like Julian Assange. They would release people like Mumia Abu-Jamal. Um, and I just don't remember what what the worst fake news was that created so much damage as to the damages that we see that are created by the U.S. government. The same guy that wrote Simulacra wrote a book called The Gulf War Never Happened about how, I don't think he means it literally, but if you take what happened and you compare it to what's happened since then, you could barely easily make the population believe that the war happened the year after that or the year after that or the year after that, and it's all equally true. So again, it's using the truth to tell lies. Of course it did happen, but when it began and when it ended and who the enemy was is all a very selectively chosen truths to obfuscate the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is the same thing I was saying before. It's about driving wedges between people, divide and conquer. And how you do that is you never allow anybody to lose an argument and you just keep it going and you arm both sides. My little brother was in Iraq, 2005, 7, something like that. And they switched which side they were given to, guns to, 
three or four different times. Sunni. Welcome, Shia, Andrew. Sunni, <laughs> Shia. And then, you, you know, like, because if somebody's losing, it's easy to justify giving them guns because you go send a camera crew over there, you point the camera at them, and it's horrific because they're losing. And you sell the horror of it to your own audience back home, and they say, give those poor people guns. And you give them guns. And then when the other side starts losing, you do the same thing, which maximizes the length of the conflict, maximizes the death toll, and makes sure that they never have any solidarity. Because if you let them have solidarity, they will collectively negotiate a better price for their oil. And we can't have that. Divisiveness is the point. And fake news is divisive in its very nature. And fake news about sure. fake news is divisive. And you're just playing into their game. You're just creating more division. By talking about something that does not affect budget, it, it, it doesn't require any money to let somebody go tear a Confederate statue down. That's why it's a distraction. It doesn't cost so, anybody anything. Uh, Andrew, it, I, I just took a look at, you know, Andrew uh, is a co-director of antiwhitemovie.com, the author of Don't Tase Me, Bro, Real Questions, Fake News, and My Life as a Meme. That's pretty cool. So he's got fake news in his whole uh, description. It seems like that's up your wheelhouse, Andrew. Welcome. Um, man, you know, this issue here is really interesting. So, Jonathan, thank you so much. You've made some really amazing, amazing points and about how making a decision on this is a slippery slope, at least in the way that these different debaters have presented um, the the issue the the issues their responses to it yeah brandy definitely uh, true distractions for real i mean the, the distractions abound it's like a, a, a saying i once heard on a completely unrelated show it was like one of the unsolved mysteries shows and and people someone asked it's like they said are ghosts real and the response was phantoms fill the skies around us so it's like you know are, are, are there distractions <laughs> The distractions fill the airwaves around us. I mean, it's everywhere. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> if you're not talking about so, where money comes from and where it goes, the bankers are laughing at you. So, okay, Andrew, so check this out. I mean, I'm sorry, Jonathan. Uh, so if we're not talking about where money goes, is that, is that what you said? Then the bankers are laughing at us. Where it comes from um, or is there a little? Uh, where it comes from and where it goes. Now, do you have a, a description? Um, brief or long about where money comes from and where it goes? Where, where do you think it comes well, from? I already gave you the voltage analogy. Right. If you yes, want to go yes, all yes. the way back to the root, then you have to imagine uh, well, like, a, you know what a normal bond is kind of like a loan. Let's say I have a, sure. me or my company are going to sell you a bond. You know, that's kind of like taking, a, it's kind of like a loan because right. then I you give me money, I give you a piece of paper like a contract and then at the end of it you give me the paperback and i give you it back plus interest so the difference between bond and loan is pretty superficial but when you're talking about treasury department loans it's different because in that first example those are dollars that existed before we made that transaction but in this case of a treasury bond the dollars are conjured into existence at the moment of that transaction so that's where money comes from the treasury gives a bond okay. to the Fed and the Fed conjures out of nothing dollars which it gives to the Treasury. And the Treasury then owes the Fed now, all that money plus more. You say you say out of nothing just because the bond was created. So the bond is like a document that, that basically says how much. Yeah. 
right? So you th- it's less like a loan and more like a cocoon or a jack-in-the-box because the, the bond itself is something that upon maturation just turns into money. Like a, like a, yeah, you just crank the jacket and box and once the time is reached, money just comes out. But if I, as the treasury department, have the ability to conjure bonds out of thin air, why can't I just conjure money out of thin air? What the fuck do I need you for? The full, the whole existence of the Fed is premised on the fact that for an order to me to pay my people a hundred, I have to give you 106. But why? There's no reason for that. It's completely arbitrary in a sort of a way to make sure that bankers always win, that asset holders always win. And it's a huge problem because if every dollar is created at interest, then there's more money owed than exists. And the only way that can be mitigated, the only way that debt can be serviced, if there's a money coming into that closed system from outside of it with a trade surplus with other countries. You have a trade surplus, that's commodities out, money in. So... So is that the reason why there's like why why, why there are these claims that we're in debt to other countries, or why we're in debt to other they, countries? All that means the only way if you say we're in debt to another country, that just means they owe, right. they owe uh, they hold treasury bonds. And China owns uh, holds about two trillion. Yeah, you know but, there are a couple of places um, that just really stuck out to me. I used to live in California, and I think you mentioned earlier about how China has just bought up like large swaths of California. There's a place called Alhambra. Um, and also, that, that, go ahead. No, no. I was just saying, there's a place called Al- Alhambra and another place called Inland Empire that come to mind right away. But there's also Chinatown in downtown Los Angeles, um, and I've been to all those places. And it's just like, and I know people who are Chinese nationals who own like a whole bunch of houses. Like I know a guy who owns four houses right next door to each other. And I'm like, where do you get this money? On- like running a noodle shop. Them buying treasury bonds and them buying land is essentially the the same idea. But when they suddenly realized that the Fed exists to make rich people richer and keep poor people poor, they realized that assets, land especially, is better investment. Why would I invest in debt, which you can manipulate? Why would I buy American debt when I can just buy America right out from underneath the people? (laughs) No one ever said the Chinese were stupid. They're no, not. you know what's funny? Which they're doing they that, do and yeah, they're doing that in Africa right now. I mean, there's so oh, there's sure. so much Chinese infrastructure in Africa. Anyway, I'm not the pro- I don't know shit about shit, so I'm not even going to comment all that. All I know is that I've been there, and that I've seen a lot of stuff happening, and I thought that it was fascinating. Um, what I've been seeing in China, I mean, it's an amazing thing, and you get to learn a lot more by also learning how to speak the language. Um, yeah, um, money. Yeah, well, sure, y'all. That's all. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, let's see. What did uh, Brandy just say? Brandy, true distractions. What it's all about. The world is a stage. Brandy says. Brandy forty two. Brandy Joy forty two. Brandy says. Um, uh, is money more of a control and another distraction from people being? And finding their true self or realizing what is important, purpose, life, true fulfillment. Instead, people are trying to make it, take it, or fake it. Life is just all about economy and life is a business. I don't know, just on my humanity and purpose uh, and shit. Uh, That's sort what of is, a side effect. I, in my, the in my boat, what is, is that? Is it, I am B.O. Is that, what is the B? Should it be P? That's probably I, just a typo. Okay. 
，呃，你给我说一点点啊，对对，啊，起来，好好好好好好，啊<笑>、um, ，Yeah， 嗯、um, ，It's a It's a great. You learn a lot a lot more insight into the language when you when you speak it and when you look at certain things. Just a little side note, just so I can show off some of my linguistic prowess.、Um, I, I learned something that a lot of people didn't really look at when they, like even Chinese people, don't address this, which is really interesting because it's embedded in their language, in, in the language.、Uh, like for example,、um, the word for good is how, and it's composed of two other other characters that stand alone by themselves. And when you put them together,、um, uh, they, they're called, or when you put the two parts independently, are called radicals. When you put them together, they make the one word how. Now here's what's interesting: that the words are made out of the 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 Word for a woman, which is new, and the word for a male child, tse. So it would be like new and tse together, but the ch- it changes completely the sound and it says how, which means good. So can anybody guess what I'm getting at here? What I think I discovered in the language having a woman about- in the house is happiness to the Chinese. Right, but it's a remember it's woman new and a male child tse. So and that means good. How? I thought it was so- a woman under a roof.、Uh, no, well. Um, that that I mean, maybe that may be part of the radical, but the main the, two the, the, the radical on the outside is the child, and then the second one. Well, the, the when you say outside, yeah, when you say outside,、left. you mean to okay. So there's <clears throat> yeah, so there's two parts. Yeah, and um, so but, but yeah, but what what do you think that that means if it, if uh if you're if it's、uh, the the word good is if you have a What a male child, right? What, what was? What, why? Why did they have a limitation? Why did they have exactly? Yes, there you go. That that's what I was getting at. But it's built into the language from long, long time ago. That that it's not nothing. It's not good. The limits of your world had said Ludwig Wittgenstein. Yeah, it's not good unless you you know the household is not good unless you have a a, a female. A, With a boy, ch- a boy specifically, a male child. Anyway, that's my little side note there.、Um, Jason carries the name. All right, guys. Yeah, yeah. All right. So,、uh, sorry, guys. I'm off. Yeah, yeah, man.、Um, for sure. I gotta. I'm gonna start running out of here too. I'm glad you guys joined. If anybody has anything to say, I think I'm gonna dismiss this issue just because Jonathan had such powerful、um, ideas about and about what's going on and what it feeds into. So that'll that's that's cool. So that's something that can happen with a nation as well. You can get something across your desk as the leader, the president, the prime minister, the whatever, and you can decide to dismiss the issues. So that's what I'm about to do here. Unless anybody has any better ideas, I know Gladdy wants me to, you know, take the hard stance. But I think that as I go、Just、into the, the issues, check the litmus test every time. Just be like, does this change where money comes from or where it goes?、Yeah. If the answer is no, it might be a distraction. Okay, so so Jonathan, would you agree then the decision I'm about about to make is to dismiss the issue and not address it right now? Fake news. Yeah, I because would, of because of the only three the things I have. All right, so I'm every single one of those options、yeah. drives wedges between people. I'm a bit、uh, I got here a bit late, so could I just jump in for a second, just to? Of course. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah bring so, it. For again, so f- it might be a bit of a repetition, but. So fake news for me is an issue, and I believe that it, it doesn't help to have for,、uh, fake news. Now, 
to the extent that we can do something about it um, as individuals, as smaller bodies of, you know, individuals, I think we should do it. Um, the, like, individually, should we try not to partake in the spreading of fake news? Um, sure. Should we spend all of our years parse, like parsing through everything to make sure there is no ounce of fake news in anything? I think that's crazy. That's the distraction there. Um, I think the government, um, the, the, the government's position is it likes fake news, uh, fake news. It needs to destabilize things and fake news does destabilize. Um, in Brazil, it was the government that spread fake news. Um, in the United States, it was the government that sp- uh, spread fake news about the Russians. And what is a bigger fake news right now than Anything that's wrong in the world is Russian. Um, what was his name? Kaepernick. It was Russia, according to Kamala Harris. Um, Trump. It was Russia, according to um, Hillary. We got Ju- uh, Julian Assange, one of the most, you know, revelatory people. It's it, sort of the anti-fake news in prison because of this whole fake news thing. So. The government of the United States, I do not trust to control fake news. I'm not saying I don't trust any government at all, you know, again, because the government is the people. And so if you have decent people, um, yes, you cannot parse out everything. But when you have decent people, things tend tend to work. There tends to be more truth than not truth. Um, And our government is absolutely sort of criminal. So... I'm with Jonathan Jonathan on that the, on the government basically being the last to uh, the you know the worst police for of fake news. Um and then okay, I can see that point. I definitely I, I'm with you guys on that. I get it. Uh, all right. And so um now how else do we um how do we counteract fake news, right? And I think conversations uh, like we're having conversations with those around us that can be sort of, um, you know, spoken with. Um, otherwise, yeah, it's very difficult. Um, people are desperate. Some fake news comes out of desperation, and so there's nothing we can do. You know, people hope that this thing that they read is true, and they send it to somebody, and, you know, what can we do? Desperation, boredom, and overwork. You can yeah. be at home because you, you know, all you can do is sit in front of a screen that you have. But if you had more time because you were less desperate and there were less scarcity, you wouldn't have to work all the time. You could have real human connections with real people yeah. and it wouldn't right. be interacting through social media and eating all this shit controlled by these you know, people all the time. Right. You know, again, from my, my experience in China, because there's this thing that everybody talks about and they kind of joke about it, but it's actually really not funny. And it's thing called nine nine six, or is it? Yeah, it's like they or something nine like hours six. Days. Nine, uh, wait, it's nine six nine. Something like nine nine hours a day, six days, six a, week, days a week. Or yeah, oh yes, yeah, nine nine six. It's nine to nine, so twelve hours. So nine nine six. That's what they call it. Nine to nine. Uh, six days a week. So they work oh, in 12 hours a day. Yeah, that's insane. Right. But they call it 996 from 9 to 9. That's that, but so that's the numbers they use. They say, Gio Gio Leo, Gio Gio Leo, uh, 996, which means, you know, I'm working, you know, from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., six days a week. Um, and 
one of the hugest things, I mean, everybody, I mean, everything's so digital and everything is done through WeChat and Alipay. Like if you have WeChat and Alipay, you can, you can run your entire life. And I'm not joking. Uh, Alipay, WeChat, maybe a bank account, but you don't even need a bank account sometimes because you can hold money in Alipay. You can hold money in WeChat. You can hold money in uh, China even has PayPal. I have a Chinese PayPal account too. So it's like, but you can do everything digitally. So uh, anyway, um, but, but the fact of the matter is that people are so desperate and I've seen it in the way that certain people interact with me. For example, um, interacting with, with, with women. Um, and just like the whole courting, the courtship idea out there and, and what people are looking for. And it's like they're, they're looking for an escape. Money but is it's a subtext built, in every conversation. Yes, exactly. And, and it's like an escape. Like it's, you know, how much do you make? You know, do you, everything First is, it's really they ask you sometimes when they don't know what to not right. do it. They're just like, what do you, when they ask, what do you do? What they're really asking is what do you work? How much do you make? Yeah. But I've had people say straight up, oh, as a teacher, how much do you make? And they want like exact numbers. You know, they're like, like, how much money do you make? You know, they would, they would ask that for me, from my wife, you know, after my wife passed and I was, uh, you know, I started seeing people too early, by the way, I shouldn't have. But um, that was the, a lot of the big part of the question. And it always was, um, which I don't, you know, in a whole I'm not totally against it, but it was always basically sizing you up to lead to whether or not they're going to marry you. I mean, that, that's it. It's not if you're going to be able to take care of them or take care of each other. And that, that's basically where it goes. And then, you know, the whole intergenerational thing I'm not going to get into. But my point, which I started, was the nine to nine, six days a week really causes a lot of pressure where people are distracted and all they're doing is interacting on social media and it creates a kind of desperation and everybody's trying to escape and they want to get with the Laowai and they want to get out of the country or they want to do something else and they want to speak English and it just it's just such a... But that's just my perspective. I could be completely wrong. Maybe they just thought I was handsome. You know, who knows? Um, so well, I could have kept going down the rabbit hole about what a bond is and a government bond is and how just because there's no people, the old libertarians will say there's nothing behind it now because there's no gold behind it. But there's not nothing. That's not totally accurate either. It's your labor power that's behind it. So you are being harvested. You know, your 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 back and your dopamine and your labor power and your consumer power and the ability that that the dollar can be used to buy and sell things in the United States that people want is what's underneath it. And that requires you getting up and going trading your time. Jonathan, Jonathan, how can I create real, real wealth? I have a business. I'm a small business owner. And, and some of the things that I want to do um, are very simple. I just want to share with people. Basically, all I want to do is share with people the things that I'm already doing. I'm a martial artist. I practice yoga. I, I study the human mind. Um, I want basically healthy living and self-defense because it's fun to me and it's very productive. Cool, it keeps me healthy. I occasionally yeah. uh, substitute teach for the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Club, and I have one or two personal clients that I went on and off with. That's cool. But I'm here in Iowa. Welcome, V. Um, so, yeah, uh, um, but, and, and, you know, having a retreat center, and it's nothing, it's nothing, everything that I'm doing is not new. There's you know, two layers but, to answer your question, yeah. and one of them okay. is the business, and that's the capitalist with the, the second one, and this is a problem that there are two different layers in the United States, but they are, so to answer your question, you move from being a capitalist to a lord with a capital L, and there's lots of different types of lords. Okay, so lord just, with a capital you know, L, so currency, now, credit, can, can hold on, hold on for a second, Jonathan. 
because you're very knowledgeable. I know you're going to say a lot, and I'm going to give you that moment. But I want to just throw something in there, just so it's in your thoughts while you're going along with what you're about to say. Um, and I had researched this the other day, but there was a CEO of some uh, credit card processing company who used to have a million-dollar salary and cut it and made everybody $70,000 a year, and it worked so well that other companies started to do it where they found that that, that amount of money, $70,000 a year, most people could take care of their families and live a comfortable life. So there's some different people who are doing different things with capitalism and, and wealth, and I don't know what, how much you know about that and what your opinion on it is. There are some sirens coming, so I'm going to mute myself for a second, and anybody who wants to speak, go. Again, once again, welcome, Brandy. I'm still here. Uh, I'm sorry. Welcome, Brandy. I, I didn't mean Brandy. Welcome already, Brandy, but welcome, V. All right. I'm muting the sign. You're going to say something? Hey, Jonathan, can I step in for a second? Um, yeah, yeah. For, um, so I spent three months learning Chinese, and I should know more than I do. But it was really fascinating um, learning three or two and a half languages at the same time, you know, having to learn the uh, pinyin, what's it? I don't remember what it is, the characters, having to remember the... So uh, yeah, pinyin is the, uh, is the organization translation yeah. so we can read it in English, yeah. um, right? Exactly. And then there's the learn the pinyin, we learn the characters, but then the characters, if you look at the character, there's no way you can tell that a woman and a ma- and a boy make how so then you have to like know what the character says you can't just read it unless you're reading it's like wait 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 hold on fine. for a second wait, wait a minute what did you say you said that there's no way by looking at the characters you can see that new and so mean how together if well you don't i mean know you can't, it already. yeah you can't if you don't know it already like in english you can just read how like you just you know what i'm saying but like and right, pinyin, right, right. Be how, but then, like, looking the character, looking at the character, you had to re- memorize that the two make how. And then, well, basically, no, no, no. I, well, I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's. So the way that I learned, hold on for a second. These sirens continue saying what you're saying. When these sirens, I don't know who died. Oh gosh, that looks bad. He's anyway, go ahead. I'm learning Chinese without learning the meaning of every single radical, right? Um, yeah, I was saying like Chinese it was is different from any other language that I learned because you know the 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 characters you have to know what the characters mean. You can't just yeah, un, unlike French where I just have to learn the alphabet and then after that I can read any thing. In Chinese it doesn't right. work. Well, right. definitely, because Chinese doesn't have, like you said, it's a character-based pictographic language. It doesn't have an alphabet. Uh, but, however, the same characters have been translated into Korean and Japanese, and they've alphabetized it and codified it that way so that there's a limit. Chinese, I have no idea what the upper limit of their characters are. It's like 4,000, some people say. Some people say 6,000. So who knows? But, um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't have to... I mean, I don't... I'm not very... I'm, like, conversationally proficient, and it's getting worse by the day, but... Um, the th- the point I'm making is I didn't I didn't really have to memorize anything. It's like I saw the character and it means good, and then I just happened to see oh that's very clearly a woman new, and that's very clearly a male child. So and together and I was like oh wait a minute wow from what I know about the one child policy and the male child I was like that that must be why it is like a woman would not be considered good or a household is not considered good unless you have a woman with a male child. And that I don't yeah. know how much memorization or anything you have to. It, this. Yeah things that are easier like that one is is a lot easier than the others like you, you know what i'm saying just i'm just mentioning that it's interesting 
um that the other thing that i thought was interesting is like how it's like uh oh let me let me try to move out because there's also noise over here it's actually um, not that bad, Rudy. It's probably louder from what you hear. Certain microphones pick up things differently. Um, these sirens are really going, man. I hope everything's okay, man. We're near the beach out here. Um, no, I'm in Virginia Beach right now, and uh, there's been some crazy stuff going on here. Hold on. Another set is coming by. What is happening, man? Is That's that where you work, too? Uh, yeah, um, I, I um, live and work in Virginia Beach, yeah. Um, I'll say... It's usually not that much commotion. Go ahead, Dan. So as you were saying, right, um, at some point, um, Chinese sort of developed where it was it was easier to recognize that one character was the woman and then like um, now and one character was the boy. But like things have changed. The house no longer looks like the house. Um, there's like, you know, the moon no longer quite looks like the moon and everything. And it went about in many ways sort of, um, how do I say, simplifying. simplifying the language but in also in many ways right out sort of things became a bit more complex and i thought i mean go ahead go ahead ahead. no i'm I'm just saying the chinese government wanted to codify everything but i'm I'm silencing again because these sirens are crazy go ahead I all I was saying I is that the Chinese government question. wanted to codify everything, and so they teach Putonghua as the common language. Go ahead, Jonathan. To go back to your question of how to build wealth, it's the Chinese are partially responsible for why you might be about a year and a half late how to get on the asset train, because as I mentioned before, with the nature of the Fed and everything, it's assets that where most of the inflation goes into. You notice that monetary policy results in asset inflation and fiscal policy results in commodity inflation. It wasn't until we got our $1,400 COVID checks that the prices of sundries in the gas pump and milk all went up. If it's that, and that's fiscal policy, that's government created money. If it's bank created money, that's going, the bubble is mostly people borrowing at negative interest rates and then using it to buy their own stock and watching their stock go up. 10% and then repaying that bank for 0.2%. And that's why land is so expensive. And that's why it's becoming more expensive is because more and more people like the Chinese are figuring that out. And that just because you might be a little late to the party now doesn't mean that the answer is any different. If you're in Virginia, you want to buy a piece of dirt there, put a pole building on it and watch the numbers go up. That's the, that's not, that's wealth. That's not being riches. Wealth is the okay. riches that makes more riches just by in virtue of its mere existence. Okay. So what would you consider a wealth that makes more riches just by the mere In the environment in which water? live. Yeah. Land with water on it is... Because is I once wealth. heard something. I once heard something that basically, you know, wealth wasn't really uh, money or, or capital wasn't created until somebody put a fence around uh the real wealth which it happened I about 1526 yeah. in england it was called the enclosures and what is an enclosure it's a putting a fence up and that's when the right. commodification of time and the commodification of land are synonymous things there wasn't such thing as a wage labor until there was a fence that's like this is mine 
and I'm going to pay you to cultivate it. But the value it comes from the ownership of it. The value comes from the ownership of it. Okay. Yeah, so rather than um, renting a place, then whenever uh, there's a bubble, your your costs will go up. Because in, in everything that you do to the land and everything that you do to your dojo and everything the government does that paves the parking lot surrounded your dojo all bounces off of you and ends up in the hands of the Lord with a capital L. But you, Welcome, Andrew. No matter if you want to be a little tiny What's Lord, up, you still put yourself in that category. And that's how you build, quote unquote, wealth. Okay. I got you. How's it going? What you got, what you, what you got going? How you doing today, Andrew? Pretty good. I wanted to read awesome, you. I want to read to you from a book called Hoodwinked, How Intellectual Hucksters Have Hijacked American Culture. Now, hey, 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 wait a minute, Andrew, hold on. This sounds like, is this is this from the same author who did the book called uh, Babylon's Banksters? What's his name? No. No, this the is author? from Jack Cashel. Okay, go ahead, please. This is the first chapter. I'm only going to read one page so don't don't get too bored it's not it's not very long in the early morning hours of december 9th 1981 25 year old police officer danny faulkner pulled his patrol car behind a light blue volkswagen beetle in the heart of philadelphia's red light district alarmed by the circumstances he radioed for a wagon to help with an arrest a, a police car arrived two minutes later to his unending horror the arriving patrolman found Officer Faulkner face up on the sidewalk, a bullet in his back and another right between his eyes. Complete instantaneous disability and death. Sitting days nearby with Faulkner's bullet in his chest was a cab driver named Mumia Abu Jamal. Next to Mumia was his gun, all five bullets spent, two of them in Officer Faulkner. Four eyewitnesses at the scene, two of them black immediately identified the dreadlock Mumia as the shooter. Mumia never offered hold on. Uh, Mumia never offered an alternate story, nor did his brother William Cook, the driver of the Volkswagen, and the man Faulkner tried to arrest before Mumia intervened. Cook's only words of explanation were the honest ones he muttered at the scene, I ain't got nothing to do with it. Mumia was, as our southern friends say, guilty as a goose. There's more, and explains how this all went down, but a Trotskyite partisan defense committee started making noise on Mumia's behalf. It is a hoax that Mumia Abu-Jamal was innocent. He was guilty as sin. And I heard somebody on here saying, Mumia Abu-Jamal, we need to free him. And that's just amazing to me because the, the purpose of this room apparently is, you know, the falsehoods in the media and journalism. Mumia Abu-Jamal is guilty. It's the first chapter in a book on how the media lies to you. Hoodwinked, how intellectual hucksters have hijacked American culture. I couldn't agree with you more that the uh, American culture has been indeed hijacked. Um, and if you guys don't know, my, my main wheelhouse is I focus on hypnosis and all things that that, has, that entails, specifically brainwashing and, and whatnot. And uh, I am definitely um, 
in accordance with I can see it happening all around. It's actually very obvious to me, and I don't know why, because a lot of people tend to not be able to see how actually obvious it is. Um, the level of brainwashing the plastic pills podcast has a good episode called feed brain about how social media is hypnosis he has a youtube channel yes social too. media is social media is hypnosis now look if we want to go um, on, hello go ahead yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, hey man, it was me that actually mentioned that Mumia was innocent. Um, I wasn't there. This guy Andrew was not there. I can't recollect all of um, the Mumia case. Um, but again, I in anything where there's not the two of us are not present, right? We look at who are the people speaking about it, what are the sides, and historically, you know, where do they lie? Are they people that generally tell the truth or are they not generally liars right and again um all of the sort of all of my spider senses with the mumia story tells me that mumia is on sort of the more correct side of the truth versus the u.s government and the police and it wouldn't be the first time that the united states government tried to set up a black um radical uh how would you say activists, right? Um, there's um, how many have they killed? How many have they bombed and lied? How many times? And again, it's um, if you look at the people that are covering it, it's Black Agenda Report. The Black Agenda Report has basically a perfect record of like telling the truth. It's the same people um, that we're talking about, like surrounded that surround Julian Assange and the likes. Again, the people that. Andrew is quoting, uh, generally these people are liars, right? The people that I'm quoting, generally these people are people that have been fighting. The, pe for the, the people I quoted time. were black eyewitnesses at the scene. They're not part of any institution. Um, no, I'm talking about the institution. This was taken to court plenty of times, and it has been shown that the United States uh, government and the police department have been doing all kind of dishonest things. Again, power has the what ability... Are you, what, to, what are you specifically well, talking about? Me, because at play. trial, Mumia was convicted because the black eyewitnesses testified that they saw him shoot the police officer. And how many so, black how many black people have assassinated? Who shot uh, Malcolm X? Was it a white person or a black person? It is assumed he was a black person. Um, who shot? Um, yeah, your your propaganda is coming so, from leftist. No, it is a, it is a oh, propaganda. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, you're getting your, you're getting your propaganda <laughs> from leftist guys. <laughs> oh, they're gonna set up Mumia Abu Jamal that no one's ever heard of before. What are you saying? And, nobody ever you famous afterwards. You've never heard of Mumia, but plenty of people. Yeah. No, you, you never heard, heard of Mumia before no, he was convicted of murder. Him. You never heard I'm, of him before yeah, he was convicted I'm, of murder. I'm, now, yes, I, because he, he happened to be a black person. Who Rudy, have you, did you hear about Mumia before or after he was convicted of murder? It would make sense that I would have heard Yeah, of you him heard about him after. Okay. Because Got Mumia well, is from Philadelphia. Yeah, you never heard of him before because he was a nobody. The whole thing about him being a great actor. It makes sense that I would have him. You Andrew, bought a host, and, Rudy. And you're Andrew, low discernment, Rudy. Andrew, it makes sense that I don't right. know. Him. You're low discernment, Rudy. Can I? Can I? Guys, can I speak? Hold on. Oh, you interrupted me. You interrupted me a couple times. No, I'm not insulting him. I'm telling him why. I said you interrupted me. You've been right, insulting. Hold on one second, guys. Not an insult. Okay, you. I said you're low discernment. 
you've been insulting right, me. That's not right, an hold insult. On, hold on. <laughs> hold on, guys. Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hear both of you out. I just wanted to play a little bit of devil's advocate or just address something Rudy said real quick, and then we'll, we'll let you both speak. Um, just a little bit. So, Rudy, you know, it wouldn't be. I mean, so yes, I've heard of like things like CoIntel Pro and like with Malcolm X and, and such things like that. And yes, people are totally capable of things like that. Um, but what if, uh, what if Mubia was guilty? What if he was he was one of those people who who felt like he could play the system and you know was put up to it? Um, welcome, Thomas. What if there was like an agenda or something like that? And and because, dude, trust me, reality uh, very often informs fiction and uh, you know and a lot of times the stuff that you see people having these conspiracy theories that you would call them where they're sitting around and like okay let's see if we can what's going to happen we're going to this brother's going to take one for the team and go and fucking shoot a police officer and uh we're gonna we're gonna see what happens we're gonna we're gonna have resources for him we're gonna take care of him we're gonna make sure but we're gonna try to make an example because or maybe who knows look here's me speculating even more fake news right what if that police officer has was a menace to to fucking society right what if, what if he was a menace to the hood and this was a whole plan to take him off the street and and mumi was like yo i'm gonna be the one to do it i'm the fucking assassin of the crew i'm gonna do it i'm gonna take the time in the prison and everybody decided that they're gonna fill up his commissary and do all kinds of other stuff who knows it's, it's, you guys know him you know it's it, it's so I don't know. crazy yeah. it's a lot of crazy what ifs because again we look at the defense of the people in the defense of mumia it is people with character people who have proven themselves many uh, times it is people it's like trotskyites it's a bunch oh, of what, trotskyites please, please stop please stop with the craziness again i listened to her craziness I you don't even know what a Trotskyite is. I, What's a Trotskyite, Rudy? I, I have no. What's a Trotskyite? You're calling it crazy. Do you know what it is? Um, Hakim, can I finish or can I? I don't know who Trotsky was, about? but you're just using it as a label to dismiss somebody. All right. You're being really well, annoying. Well, just let him talk. Right. Thank you. Oh, right, I'm really so, annoying, Jonathan. You're a beta. All right. Listen, See, guys, there's another listen. label that you use to dismiss somebody. <laughs> it's an accurate label. I I heard you talking before, and the host was like, "Oh God, this guy won't shut up." Uh, actually, no. I, I actually, appreciate, I actually really appreciate what um, Jonathan was saying. Um, uh, but let's just let's listen to Rudy uh, real quick. And um, uh, Andrew, I hear you. Um, but let's just let me let let Rudy finish his thought. No, I'm, I, I'm I expect to get the same time. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm not gonna call this person um, any names. I'm just going to say that I am not the defense of. Um, Mumia. All I'm saying, laying out the two sides. Historically, we have a side that is the United States government that has infiltrated all um, activist groups on the left, right? Black groups, especially if you people like, um, and has sabotaged and has set up people like Mumia. Um, just again, going with what we know. Right. Because being not a lawyer for Mumia and this guy's not a lawyer for the cop and we were both not there. And I'm telling you that I've read much about it and I haven't remember. I don't remember everything. He's making a point. Good. He's got his point. Right. I'm saying let's look at also the entourage of it, because if I don't know you, I have to ask the people around you who how you are. And. If I know the people around you and I know that they're decent people and they say that this guy's a decent person, I'm more likely to listen to the person. Right. Again, 
it's in the defense of Mumia, we have like people like Chris Hedges, again, people who have fought for the truth, have lost their jobs fighting for the truth, fighting against the propaganda. And Chris Hedges is not one to go around and just like support anything uh, left. He's often oftentimes says that he's not a um, socialist or a communist or this Trotsky, this thing that he's telling me that I am. Right. Um, again, I, I know the history of the United States. I know the history of the cops. We see the, what the cops do all the time. Cops set up people. Cops have uh, set up so many. Like, it, it, you would be a baby in the United States if you do not know of, like, a hundred stories of cops setting up people. And the United States government, the, the, let me just finish by saying the reason why I wouldn't know who Mumia is before that is because I'm only 29 years old right now the other um, reason is because no can i finish numia is from philadelphia philadelphia is many states away from minnesota mumia happens to be at the time basically just like you know a regular sort of street intellectual and he had like a, a a regular person like how was how am i supposed to know mumia it doesn't make sense yeah. mlk didn't wasn't known until like the wasn't name billy graham started bringing them around and what kind of question is that? So that's all I so have wait. to say. Here. All right. I, can I, can I, I, can I respond to the four minutes I had to listen to of this nonsense? Yeah, yeah, and just give me th- give me 30 seconds. So all I do want to say is that I just want to make clear, when, Andrew, when you're talking about people don't know who Mumia was until he was convicted of murder, I didn't know who, um, who Mumia was, but not until he was convicted of murder, but when he got charged with murder. So I think there's a little bit of a difference. Are you meaning the same thing? Like, are you trying to say that people didn't know about him until he, that case came to light? Is that more accurate, should yes, I say? Yes, same, same thing, okay. yeah. Well, I don't think it's the same thing because being charged with murder and being convicted of murder are two different things. Okay. So, uh, I'll explain uh, it. The reason okay. anybody knew his name and why I use the word Trotskyite is because the Partisan Defense Committee, you can look them up, founded by Trotskyites. That, that term is not a, a name-calling thing. They are fans of Leon Trotsky. They are communists. I am not if I if I call someone a Republican, it's not name calling or insulting. It means that they are part of the Republican uh, Party. When I call somebody a Trotskyite, it's because they are avowed followers of Leon Trotsky, a leftist communist. And the only reason anybody heard of Mumia Abu-Jamal is because the leftist Trotskyist partisan defense committee started saying that he was set up. It's all it's all a fix. And the reason that it's ludicrous, ludicrous, that Rudy believes this stuff. Oh, he was set up. When people like MLK were set up, they were big figures in America. They're not going to set up some random loser, a street intellectual with no clout, no movement behind him. And for what reason? Because he might do something one day. He might lead a movement. That's not how these people operate. That is childlike. That is fantasy. Nobody is saying that the government doesn't assassinate people. Yeah, they killed JFK. They killed Malcolm X. They killed MLK. Yes, the cops have set people up before. But the story that you're putting together makes no sense. You don't know the history of the case. And you're going to tell me, oh, you're a child. You're calling me names. You are believing in something. They've already hooked you, or as this book calls it, hoodwinked. They have hoodwinked you, sir. 
And now your ego is too invested in it to listen. Oh, but I heard Chris Hedges say it. Chris Hedges is a leftist, my friend. And he is not the ultimate. That guy is off on many things. And, okay, if he repeated the Mumia thing, great. It's another thing he's off about. Chris Hedges this guy has spoken to Andrew before. Andrew ah, I, didn't, I didn't interrupt you, Rudy. I didn't interrupt you. Four minutes, I didn't interrupt you. I didn't get, I didn't get nearly that far. Yes, you, you did. Can't, you can't yes, you did. You, you asked you're, me twice. Inte- you're intellectually, you asked me twice. You you're cut, intellectually you me twice. an egotist. And I was you had to break to tell in. You, you had to break in because you're an ego. You're an egotist. I shot a Your ego can't handle being wrong. No, you don't want to hear anything. That's right, Rudy. Fred Hampton was somebody that was not known. That's right, Rudy. I listened to you. You can't even listen. Because you lied. I'm just telling you. Where did I lie about Rudy? Was not known. Where did I lie about Rudy? Fred Hampton. Welcome back. Fred Welcome Hampton back, was not known Hello. and was assassinated. That's not true. Fred Hampton yes, was well known. No, he was not known. He yes, was not he known. was. He was You're full known. of it, dude. He was known way after. He was known okay. after the assassination. Okay. Yes. Yeah, nobody knew who Fred Hampton you knew, was. You knew Fred Hampton. <laughs> Amazing. That's crazy. Amazing. Let's take it. Let's take Fred a, a child. What a child. Let's take it. Okay, guys. Let's Hucky, take a can brief. You step uh, in because yeah, you know that Hampton was not known crazy that right. this guy is just saying things and we're just going to stand here and just accept it. Fred well, Hampton was not actually, known it. Actually, actually, you guys are schooling me. I don't know anything about anything. I'm listening to you guys because um, you're, you're learning. I, I, I was doing my nation states and it has a, a title that is familiar to everyone, fake news, and it's a real subject and there were real issues and you guys brought some really amazing things to light and I appreciate that. Um, you're teaching me I'm listening and just moderating, but this is this is a great uh, conversation. Banker is laughing while these two fight because they're not thinking <laughs> about the banker. Um, and 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 as you maybe said earlier, they're not I'm thinking so about how speak, the money. I'm speaking a low beta voice. I interrupt with a low beta voice because I'm so above it. My name is Jonathan. I'm a beta. All right, listen. <laughs> you know what? This is. Um, Andrew, please call. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. All right, listen. Um, Jonathan, what do you what do you have to say uh, right now? Well, it was just simulacrum simulation all over again. The, the, the divisiveness, and there's always lines between things that aren't really real. He, he, I already talked about Disneyland, right? He talks about prisons, too. We tolerate a Stalin-esque level of incarceration here every single day. But the gate between you and what's inside gives people comfort because they're on the outside of it. And that serves to confuse and obfuscate the way in which the state itself is carceral. And you are being milked for your dopamine, your consumer power, your labor power. The ads on your YouTube video end. And then you're watching the content. You're just like, oh, that's the end. And this is the content. And that hides how the content is itself propaganda. Boltriard would have loved the fucking Super Bowl for this reason. Why? Because all the, why is all that money spent on the advertisements? It's for the same reason, because it hides the fact that the pro sports itself is a commercial, both in the sense that the only reason it exists in the form that it exists is because of how good it is at selling things, not just beer, but like the army and army enrollment. And it's a commercial for an identity that's not your class identity. It's your, your I'm a this fan, I'm a that fan. And then you get to be feeling really invested and in being on a side and belonging to a tribe. And neither of these two people that are fighting are ever going to even meaningfully listen to what the other person is saying because they're doubling down on their own identity. That's an advertisement for themselves. Everything that he said, Jonathan. What? 
I didn't even know. You just said, yeah, because you're not listening. You just said that neither of these two people are going to meaningfully listen to either thing the other one says. I heard everything. Because it's not about. That's how I countered his point. It's about using. You cannot meaningfully listen. That's why you couldn't even understand what I just said there. You weren't because you can't listen. You're here for your ego. It's you're an egotist, you and you're hiding you it in your Zen. Look, I have the I have the yin yang symbol. I, I, I'm Zen, guys. I'm peace. It's you're just fake, a picture Jonathan. I found on the internet. You're fake, Jonathan. It doesn't matter what you say about vaccines. I just say I, I talk in this voice. I talk in this voice. That's just my microphone, dude. It's That's just my microphone. It's not. It's not my low tone. Jonathan, I'm not a Nazi, but I'm approaching. Uh, some, some, a little bit of us, uh, of censorship right now. Let's be a little bit less antagonistic. I understand where you're coming from. Let's uh, tone it down a little bit, please. No, I'm talking. I'm sorry. I didn't say. I meant not you, Jonathan. I meant Andrew. Sorry, Andrew. Please, uh, take it easy. Uh, yeah, the guy saying stuff like neither of these people is going to listen. He's saying I'm the best one. The attention I am above this issue. It's is very, very, very egotistical. It's a self identifier. It's a signifier. It's a I need to be on a side. I need to belong to a side. And I can use this issue to show which side I'm on. Oh, give me a break. That's why your attention goes there. No, it's because, no, my side is truth. It's not right or left. It's truth. I don't like ego. I don't like fake people. And I don't like lies. It's true that the tide comes in for seven hours, but I don't sit there and rant about it. Oh, oh, I just, I don't argue. I just say that I'm better than people. I'm not, but I say I say that? That's what I say when I say all this divisiveness. I don't I don't advocate for anything meaningful. I pretend to be Zen, but I'm above you. I am better That's than you. Iraq works, I push for nothing. Conquer. I push for Day nothing. I am meaningless. I have no meaning. I am Zen. I push for nothing. Over and over I care again. about nothing. I have no passion. I don't Repeat advocate for again. truth. I don't advocate for solutions. Again. But I pretend again. that I have calm. And yeah. therefore, I am above you. I am yeah. Jonathan. That's how the simulacra, it pushes the same thing. Yes, just say simulacra. Yes, words that mean nothing. Again, he's doing it. He's demonstrating how it works right now. They repeat the same thing so that you think it's the real problem when it's not. They push it to the top of your feed. They make sure that you think about it over and over again. When really, they just want this issue in the news and they want people taking sides on it because they're not talking about where money comes from and where it goes. I disagree, Jonathan. I think that people, this is why I agree with Andrew, right? You have to choose a side um, or not that you have to choose a side, but there's a time when you do have to choose a side. And it's not every time that you decide that this is something worth standing up for, that you're like looking for a public to, you know, basically see that this is where you the this is the hill that you're going to die on it just happens to be that um mumia is a victim of the carceral state um in the united states and i'm just defending that he speaks about things that speak about the money so it's what he speaks about power so when we're talking about power we're talking about money and so it's not every time that you are it's not that you have to just speak about money to speak about money. You could talk about other things that impact money. And he speaks about things. He speaks about empire and how that um, touches out, how like that has to do with money. 
So we're going to talk about power in the carceral state, and you yeah, have to I, just make a distinction Ru- between I, a ten times and more trans. respect for Rudy than I do for Jonathan. I, I don't Rudy care. at least cares. Rudy exhibits uh, caring about things. Jonathan is just doing this nonsense. Oh, but are you talking about the banks? Okay, I can walk and chew gum. You can talk about many state. things. I talk about the banks all the time. I've told people for many years that the problem with the system, they didn't even lock up the bankers after 08. Iceland locked, locked up the bankers. We didn't. We gave them billions of dollars. And I try and tell people the right and the left, both sides, uh, they're taking Goldman Sachs money under the table or over the table even. Like, hey, we're taking Goldman Sachs money and then giving them billions. It's crazy. That doesn't mean you can't talk about two things and to pretend to, oh, th- if, if this guy says anything, he's my, my point. That is a primitive Kafka trap. That is lame. You don't Very lame. And you're not above anything, Jonathan. You're actually below Rudy. Rudy cares. You're doing a fake. Uh, I'm above. I'm above. Oh, Hold on. I'm not sure. Personal. Andrew, am I? Why am I? Mi- what am I missing? Um, He's trying to make things personal because it's. Like what? what? No. no. You, you personally talked about me, Jonathan. But when I talk about you back, then it's personal. Talk about trends. <laughs> you guys are, are quite entertaining. Thank you for making this uh this meeting interesting Everything on the interstate um, lasts forever and i'm perfectly happy with this coming before saint peter i hope that you are too oh saint peter is going to judge me for making fun of you jonathan he will say how dare you show jonathan his ego his pretend zen the internet will know who's you you will you will be damned for showing jonathan his ego no you're actually required to rebuke your neighbor you should read some of the benish high right <clears throat> A sadiq more lofty than St. Peter. So you don't know what you're talking about, Jonathan. You should stop the fakery pretending that you're some uh, Zen master you're not. And uh, you should stop trying to judge people and act like you're above them. So, Andrew, is that that what you – I mean, you think that – I mean, you've had interactions with Jonathan before. You think he's trying to be like a Zen master or something? Like, No, 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 no. I'm judging him. I'm judging him based on his behavior here. I don't even know who he is. Okay. All right. So, uh, I throw I throw bullseyes. Uh, what is your uniquibility? Uniquilibrium. Unique uniquilibrium. Uh, listen, that's me, I, sir. I Hakeem. Hakeem, there you go. Hakeem, I do this on Clubhouse. I'm able to like in two seconds be like that guy. I bet was on Adderall for ten years, and lo and behold, he was. I'm just, I'm a Virgo. I'm a super Virgo. I see what people are like. Jonathan is pretending to be some kind of high Zen. Oh, look, I'm calm. I have the yin-yang in my picture here. No, Jonathan, you're not above it. He was extremely judgmental, and he's pretending that he's not. He said that Rudy and me weren't listening to each other. We listened to what the other person had to say. It's how we were debating the points. Jonathan came with a fake point to say, oh, these guys are divisive. They don't even listen to each other. What he's doing is insulting both of us to elevate himself. Very, very beta lame move. Rudy is way cooler than Jonathan. I, 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 I see the point that you're making. <laughs> um, very, very, very good, guys. All right. So, um, I mean, you guys are more than welcome to continue to speak. Uh, we've been on for two hours. Uh, I dismissed the issue that I originally had brought up uh, because, you know, some of the things that Jonathan said and also uh, uh, bloody, I took and considered what Rudy said. So I didn't decide on any of those issues for about uh, fake news. Um, 
on this issue, but there will be more that are coming up. Does anybody have anything that they want to say before I close out and either move on to another issue on another room or um, I, I may just close it out tonight because I got to I got to work on something else in a little bit. So um, anybody have any? Yes. Yeah. All I want to say is that everything that was said today here is just recorded and we'll have access to was fake news. <laughs> yes, sir. Fake news. I, I will be. I will uh, the be, bullshit here is fake news. Even what I spoke was fake news. <laughs> I will be. I will be publishing the fake news and, and as soon as we're done. Good, good. Then we're gonna see who's actually fake news. But I, I have to say, as much as I dislike Andrew, and I think he's an asshole, I think he's right. I mean, Jonathan's whole thing is I'm above it all, and these people aren't listening I to never each said other. That. Um, no, that's what you said. You said you we weren't listening to each other. Yes, we were listening to each yeah, other. No interest in it and seeing like the that the the point the other person is making. You both admit that they have a point, but you won't admit that the issue itself is in a place. It's this the whole thing is about fake news. You don't want to see the issue as itself as something to which you've been directed. You're thinking about this because you were told to think about it. Who was telling me to think about it? Where did you hear it? No, where did you hear it from? Either of you. So anything that, radar? anything that one reads is something that they were told to think about. Is that what you're saying? Right, there right. This guy is just incoherent. Jonathan is incoherent. If you think about anything, if you have a thought in the world... Uh, what do you Cambridge Analytica does? Oh, a red herring. Cambridge Analytica. Yeah, that's why we're talking about Maria Abu-Jamal, because of Cambridge Analytica. Just amazing. You're a buffoon, Jonathan. What you You're see first and most often is paid for. Yeah, yeah. The only reason I spoke about Mumia Abu Jamal, a book I read a decade ago uh, about Mumia Abu Jamal in the first chapter, and then I see someone here defending, oh, Mumia Abu, you know, free him. And it's like this is one of the fake news hoaxes put into the cycle, you know, a couple of decades ago, whatever. And that's the topic of the room. So what are you, what are you, what is your point even, Jonathan? You're just trying to grandstand. You're just trying to elevate yourself on a platform no built on nothing. You have no real There's point. No you're just an egomaniac. Manipulation of news media? No, you're There's just no an egomaniac. What, what comes first? There's no such thing as people being sponsored content. Those are the things. Oh, if, if you say anything, Jonathan says that uh, you just got mind jacked, you know, they they hijacked your mind. That's retarded, Jonathan. I, I I don't I don't know. I don't know if it really is that retarded. I mean, so I mean, do, well, maybe Andrew. He's, he's do you saying think that ideology doesn't exist. Yeah, I, re- I read a, I read a book about Sedona the other day. If I talk about Sedona, I was I was programmed into talking about Sedona. I read a book the other day on the Civil War. I was programmed about talking into the Civil War. No, but people are interested. Really why are, your Andrew, whole point why are, is nonsense, Jonathan. You have but why is anybody, zero. Okay, wh- why is anybody making any of these books, Andrew? Like, wh- don't they want to share their idea with someone? And therefore, in some way, just in sharing and the way that we share every day, aren't we in some way influencing the way that each other thinks? So yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't mean every single person a is, is uh, being mind hijacked. That's that's silly. That's it's like I wrote my you, book. You, so if someone reads my about. book, I mind hijack them. That's dumb. Fake news, everyone, is the title of this room. It's about mind hijacking. That's why okay, I'm Okay, about. Jonathan, everything is mind hijacking. You're trying to mind hijack us right now by talking. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> that I'm on the uh, side. Jonathan, that sounds crazy. Anything, like, okay. we can't do anything. <laughs> Everything is mine. 
So well, fact, listen, this doesn't exist. As you're look, that's your look, conclusion. Don't hijack me, bro. Don't hijack me, bro. <laughs> here, here's the thing. Fake news. You know, I, I, why'd you come in here? I. Okay. I often say um, that, you know, and people, you guys know the saying that to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Well, I have training as a hypnotist. So, so it, I could say that to, to me, everything looks like brainwashing or hypnosis. So I tend to look at everything in that way, like even fake news and stuff like that. However, I wouldn't go so far as to say that everything is. And I'm not sure if Andrew, I mean, Jonathan is saying that everything is... In the way that that is the extreme that he took it to. That's where he had to get to to try and send the nonsense coming out of his mouth. One hundred percent. That which is divisive is accelerated. Yes. Anything that Jonathan didn't say is divisive. It's mind hygiene. Jonathan said that it's pure because his ego tells him that he is the righteous. Jonathan is the righteous one. Uh, the, what was the more sweet transsexuals they're divisive don't don't talk okay, hold about trannies putting their uh, their naked bodies in front of children because the media talked about it so we shouldn't talk about it at they all they want you to talk about it they want, oh, they you want to me to so so i shouldn't do it yes give me a break dude yeah. all right well uh hello eli pickles to the room uh hello v um uh, i'm gonna be getting going soon uh you guys uh thank you for the um stimulating conversation and the the disagreements and the discord going on here this is great i appreciate you guys and i appreciate you guys um andrew and i did me and and you'll be and we agree on one thing that's the thing rudy jonathan andrew remember we're on fake news nothing like fake news yeah, guys. Well, Taking the bait. it's uh, all fake news. So let me um, finish up here, um, everybody. Andrew, Jonathan. Uh, hi, Michelle. Welcome. Uh, so everybody that's in the room now, I've got uh, eight of you here live. Michelle just bumped out. So here's what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to set up for my next one here. I'm just going to give a little teaser. Uh, the next issue that I have in Uniquilibrium, uh, I have four of them. But the next one I'm going to go into is called um, it's called putting your foot, <laughs> putting your foot into it. Oh, I'm sorry, putting your foot in it. Um, and here's what the issue says. It says, while out jogging in the park, you step straight into a dog's mess. Passersby are quick to offer advice. So I guess this is something about, you know, one an issue in real life, right? People's dogs pooping all over the place. I've got three people in the debate, a city worker. I've got a professional dog walker. And I've uh, got somebody who identifies as an uh Aylurophile? This is actually one word that I do not know. A-I-L-U-R-O-P-H-I-L-I-L-E. So, Aylurophile. Anyway, um, that's going to be the next issue here on uh, the Uniquilibrium's uh, Nation States uh, uh, playthrough here. Um, they br- we got real issues in this, uh, nas- this Nation uh, States uh, role-playing game online. It's been online for more than 20 years now, but they, they have lots of writers and lots of people that do this. You guys should check it out, nationstates.net. Apparently, as you guys can see, it has it provides a, uh, a starting point for some very stimulating and diversified con- uh, conversation from people who have different opinions and have a lot to offer and disagree with and um, not only entertains us, but educates us and inspires us and maybe uh, makes us angry. And I appreciate all of you guys for that. Um, and that's that's going to be the next issue I do. It probably will, I don't know, maybe be a little bit later if I have some time or probably tomorrow because I'm going to be doing security 
at one of my work sites tonight from uh, 9 o'clock in the evening until 2 a.m. in the morning. I'm on the East Coast. It's now 6.42 in the evening. Like I said, I may come back and do a real short issue, but if anybody pops in the room with me, it might take longer. Again, I appreciate you guys, man. You guys have taught me so much, and I'm so grateful for everybody coming in and joining and listening and speaking on the platform. It'll just be me trying to say I'm better than everybody. <laughs> yeah, thank you, oh, thank like you for having me on the show. I, I did want to ask, is uh, Jonathan going to be on your next show? Because he totally stepped in it today, and he's also completely full of it. So he'd be perfect for that. Whoa, you guys uh, you guys are all invited. So please spend more um, words insulting people than any other way. And you know, Jonathan, what, uh, you lost. Take the L, put it in your backpack, and carry it home, Jonathan. Again, do it again. Lonathan, your name is now Lonathan <laughs> because of the L. All right, so you guys. That's the point. So you guys. Um, the point I was making all day is how people are. Ego, ego, ego. Well, you guys are. All of you guys are invited back anytime you want to, please. Uh, I'll follow. I'll follow back. If you guys have shows, um, just know sometimes, um, you know, sometimes people need to know this. If I don't follow your rooms, if I don't join you, or if you see me pop in and pop out, it's just because I've got a lot of stuff going on. I work as a personal trainer. Um, I run a security company. Um, I do security myself and I have, I, I'm building a marketing business on the side. It takes a lot of time. Um, so I totally appreciate you guys. Um, and I will uh, talk to you soon. So um, until next time, everybody, thanks for listening and joining me. Uh, and you guys have a good time. Take care. See you next time.